Well, you know, they should have flown coach. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's April 15, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination, episode 191. This is no agenda. Reminding you it's time to pay the man again, even though it isn't constitutional. And coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California, IA, in the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it's tax day also... And it's a taxing day. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. In the morning to you, my friend. In the morning to everybody. It is indeed uh, tax day, and we have uh, a way to commemorate that, John. Okay. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Of course. Of course I fucked it up. I How played, did you fuck it up? I played the wrong one. Hey, it's April 15th. Who are you going to get your money to? Oh, uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Adam, Adam and John, John and no, no agenda. agenda. Yeah, on oh, no agenda. In the morning. <sighs> Sir Jeff Smith at work. That's pretty good. I, the, dude, the guy is amazing. He's not a well, nice you know, for it's nothing. interesting. His stuff is, is so uh, distinctively professional. Yeah, well, it's, it's also hooky, as we call it. It's hooky. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, the guy's a hit machine. What can I tell you? If only he were writing for Taylor Swift, think of the career he could have. Yeah, he wouldn't have to do anything. <laughs> he could just sit at home and make jingles for us all day. But oh, no. Oh, no, he decides to live a life of poverty supporting the show. Like, but, like, the, like the vow we have taken as well. <laughs> well, he's a Sir Jeff Smith, don't forget. you missed. Uh, no, 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 I said that. I said Sir Jeff Smith. Oh, Absolutely. Okay. So, John, before we get to the uh, executive producers, I would have to say um, there's one of two scenarios uh, taking place in the world right now. Uh, either A... Uh, 2012 is a reality and we are all going to die in a fiery ball mm-hmm. or B they're really playing with the earthquake machines because this uh, you know what earthquakes existed before the, the, the earthquake quote unquote machine oh, yeah. do, you remember, oh, do you know that yeah of course but, of- so do, would you think that maybe especially if the earthquake machine unquote was um uh, causing disruptions that natural earthquakes would nat- uh, naturally occur. Yeah, of course. I don't. I don't call every single earthquake as a as a machine uh, generated occurrence. So the earthquake that took place in the middle of nowhere, China. You think that was an earthquake machine uh, earthquake? No, no. I think that was a natural earthquake. It was, of course, uh, just uh, a coincidence that they happened to be doing doing an earthquake emergency evacuation drill the day before. That always seems to be the coincidence with these things. But they do those a lot in that area. No, I'm talking about uh, the volcano that has not erupted for 90 years in Iceland that just blew a, a huge wad and has shut down all aviation in Europe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but let me just give you my, my thinking behind it. It's just a possibility. You okay? think it's the earthquake machine? <laughs> well, let me, tell, let me tell you why it's a possibility. So, of course, volcanoes are, uh, you know, they erupt due to shifts in tectonic plates. And, you know, that's, that's how they start. Um, but Gordon Brown, of course, is working on, uh, well, he's going to try and get reelected in the United Kingdom. They've got the elections coming up, which we should probably talk about because they're doing American style elections this year and get Monation East. 
Uh, and one of the big problems that will be on the roster is the fact that he has not yet retrieved the money from Iceland, along with Gitmo Nation Lowland's uh, fake government, uh, who tripped and fell, uh, from Icesave. And so maybe this was like, hey, you know, of course, the Icelanders had a referendum. They said, uh, no, we're not going to give you your money. And, uh, you know, the, the, they're, they're refusing IMF money and it's all kind of problems. Maybe someone just gave a little flick of the switch there and said, hey, hey, guys, uh, we really want your money. Send us your cash and we'll give you some ash. Of course, it, no. back, it backfired. You, worked, you actually worked on that. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> of course, it backfired. And now this huge plume of smoke. Is, I've, I've never heard of a, of a volcano actually shutting down aviation. Oh, yeah. No, it happened area. when Mount St. Helena went I was going to ask, ask you that. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. And there was one in, uh, what was the one in the Pinatubo, one of those other ones. That, that's the one that brought the plane to a halt in the midair because yeah, it was yeah. going through some yeah. of the ash. Yeah, it and can happen. And the thing went down 25,000 feet and barely restarted. Yeah, it can happen. You don't want that shit in your engine, that's for sure. No, it's, it's a little, it's a great, it's not just a dust. It's a dust with a bunch of little, it's like, it's it's yeah. like uh, a little. Silica, I think, or silica. Yeah, but, it's, it's, silica? but it's like, it's nasty. It's like if you took okay. some of it and you kept rubbing it on your fingers, you start to bleed. I mean, it's got like, uh, it's not a good product. <laughs> it's not It's not a fine product. <laughs> we should not be buying this product. But so so a couple of questions. You know, first of all, this is an economic disaster. It looks like they're going to have to shut down aviation for 2 days in in most of northern <laughs> Europe. This yeah. is, no one's talking about that. I mean, it's a huge economic disaster. So Yeah, for everybody but Eurostar. Yeah, exactly. But but, but this stuff doesn't it eventually float down to earth? It's only at 18,000 feet. You know, it's in a band between 18 and 34,000 feet from what I read. Um, and that won't that come drifting down somewhere? Yeah, it comes down, but it comes down. So yeah, it does, and it makes a mess. In fact, after Mount St. Helena, most of the uh, eastern part of uh, Washington spent uh, like a couple of years in cleanup because the stuff gets in the computers, it gets oh. in the power supplies. It's just a horrible product. <laughs> it's- <laughs> It's a it's a nasty ass product, John. Let's <laughs> let's not bottle this and try to sell it on the market. Um, but you know this thing has not erupted for ninety years. Yeah, no. Well, I'm surprised. I mean, it. Yeah, it goes off every once. Just like the ones in Hawaii, they go off every so often, but they don't cause this kind of a of a, of a right. Uh, of a, and this is the second eruption. They gave a little warning, a little shot across the bow, like, and the thing started to bubble. And then it's like, uh, where's the cash, dudes? You know, this is mafia stuff. So it's either that or, yes, indeed, where the, the, the earth will all die. Uh, we're all going to die in a fiery ball. According- uh, you know, the thing is that these, uh, this part of the, and also the earth is, you know, supposedly, you know, the guy who is uh, the Gaia, you know, earth is a living thing in, in an odd way. Uh, it takes care of itself. You get a little global warming, push some of this ash in the yeah, air. Yeah, that's going to cool why it I don't off, like right? the idea of, of Doing it yourself. Let the Earth do it. It can cough up more ash than we'll ever deal with. Right. And th- and it screws up aviation, though. And this will uh, cause global cooling, correct? Well, if they had a take, take about four of these babies and set them off, and you'd have a cooling problem. Shh, don't yeah. give them any ideas. Would you stop? <laughs> uh, the China one, though, uh, I, I, I got to say, it was just. I just find it coincidental when they're doing a, uh, a uh, an exercise. 
the the day before. It just always kind of seems. Where'd to you happen. get that? I never saw the exercise report. Well, it's interesting because I I can't find a report other than one someone sent me from NOS. That's the state controlled media in the Netherlands, uh, and it's a news. It's a video news piece, and I've been googling for it. I couldn't find this information You're sure it's from the same year. Yeah. No, uh, they did have uh, an exercise two years ago because that's about the only thing I came up with. Uh, but they literally said at the at this end of the report, luckily, so for two things were lucky. There's only about 100,000 people who live in the region. Otherwise, you know, a lot more would, would have perished. Uh, and right at the end of the report, the, and I have it in the show notes for the Gitmo Nation Lowlands uh, native speakers. Uh, at the very end of the report, it says, uh, luckily, uh, rescue efforts were nearby because they were doing a, an exercise for this very occasion. I don't know. It's just one of those things, you know. Yeah, that's a coincidence. Is a little too uh, much of a coincidence. It's it's one of those things that just. Uh, although I, I'm expecting to hear the hit. Coincidence? I think not. What hit? The uh, that one. <laughs> well, you kept asking I'm for it. I'm expecting to hear a couple of in the mornings today. Um, so, well, let me before. Let me just do one more then, just so we're at it. Um, President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad said on Sunday, five million people should get out of Tehran. So it's less crowded when the big one hits. <laughs> I mean, th- yeah, this is a guy who's in the know, right? He's, he's probably like, oh, crap. China, Iceland. Oh, Jesus. People get out of here. We need five million less. You're all going to die. And no one's listening. I'm just saying. I'm well, just we'll saying. see. It seems is, to be a lot of activity, a lot of global activity. Yes. How about our executive producer for the episode one nine or one of No Agenda? John? Well, our executive producer is also a, a, a knight today. Oh. And it's Travis Bowers of Henderson, Nevada. He has a, a lengthy note which we'll read later in the show. Okay. And uh, he uh, donated two dimes on the quarter. Two dimes on the quarter. This is. What's that? 10, 10, 25. Holy moly. Instead of double nickels on the dime, double dimes on the quarter? Yeah. In one shot? Yeah. That's oh. why he's a knight. Wait a minute. So we have to knight him? Yeah. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crap. We've got to knight the guy. Okay. Uh, wow. We that's... actually have two knights today because our old buddy uh, out of Santa Barbara, um, Sterling Ellsworth uh, coughed up his 13th uh, consecutive donation of 7777. And so we have two nights today. Wow. So who is, uh, do we have, a, I guess we don't have a. No, we have an associate executive producer, uh, Rod- Rodney Staben of Houston, Texas. <laughs> Houston. That's the way it'd be pronounced in New York. Really? A lot of people don't realize it's called Houston Street, but it's 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 Houston in Texas and Houston in New York. <laughs> yeah, I, I never got that Houston thing. It's also Rodeo Drive and not Rodeo. <laughs> try and asking for that. Try ask that of that in Beverly Hills. Hey, hey, where's Rodeo Drive? <laughs> well, there's a town up here in uh, northern uh, uh, Silicon Valley called Rodeo. Uh-huh. And, it, and it's the same thing. It actually is a couple of interesting uh, mispronounced or dubious pronunciations that take place in the area. And there's a bunch of them down in Southern California, like La Jolla, which yeah. everybody out of town has pronounced La Jolla. La Jolla. <laughs> but Wairica is one of the best ones, which is in California. And which Wairica. says Eureka? 
I don't know what they say. It's 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 spelled Y R E K A. Right. And there Eureka. is a town of Eureka, but this is Yureka. Eureka. And um, then there's uh, Rodeo, which is up here north of me. And then there's a they uh, they mispronounce uh, a couple of streets, uh, although not to the extent of uh, the of Ponce de Leon down in uh, Atlanta. Um, anyway, it's it's kind of amusing. These so, are the ways you catch a lot of towners and so they can beat you up. Well, let me thank uh, Travis Bowers as our executive producer of episode 191. Uh, man, we got to do a really good show. I mean, we are funded nicely for today's episode. Uh, if only we could do that every single show, that would, then we'd be in business. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Travis. Uh, and as our associate executive producer, uh, producer Rodney Staben, uh, thank you for your uh, for your support for the show. You guys know that you can put this on uh, on your resume. Uh, you can have us uh, vouch for. I mean, but you know, if Travis has you know double dimes on the quarter, I mean, the guy's probably rolling in dough. He doesn't need well, any jobs. He, does, he, he mentions that he uh, he will he will read we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to it later. Okay. Well, thank you very much, guys. You definitely are telling him where to shove it. Forgot to give you our formula, which is pretty important. Please do this as a supporter. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And there's a couple of uh, PR associates that I want to talk about, or let's just call him the PR associate, period. Brian S. King, who set up the uh, billboard on I-69 in... Uh, uh, in in the Indianapolis, I have received so many comments, emails, messages about this. Uh, the billboard is fantastic. There's a link to the uh, uh, to a YouTube video in the show notes under the under his PR associate uh, title. The thing is awesome. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just like wow. We need to do more of these. You know, there's a lot of opportunities out there to buy uh, space on on benches, but at, at bus stops. Uh, these kind of the kind of low end billboards, you know, you, you, everybody should just become like advertising specialists that listen to the show and they want to help us out and and, and find out about cost per thousand and where, where the real bargains are. Yeah. A lot of times it's uh, somebody plastering a free sign, like, for example, on the Berkeley bike overpass. Mm. You could put up a sign up there uh, and it would take probably about a week before the police take it down. And uh, there's a lot of opportunities to, to, to put the stuff up. We also want people to make comments on uh, blogs and elsewhere and call radio shows. <laughs> and uh, someone else suggested sending spam. Uh, I can't condone that. Um, yeah, I don't think the spam is a good idea because no. it ca causes we, we have a karma club that we have yeah. to respect and a we spam. Do. It would be disrespectful. And uh, just a couple other mentions. Uh, Craig Damlo uh, said there's a... Um, uh, there's this uh, app called Text Plus. It's a free app, so I don't think it's his. Uh, and it's uh, available for iPhone, iPad, Android. I think it's also available for the BlackBerry. And um, uh, he's created a no agenda community on that. So uh, I joined that one last night. I'm not quite sure how it works or how well it works. We'll give that a, uh, a try. And uh, here's something funny from the anonymous photographer. 
who said uh, he was uh, work. He works for uh, mainstream, lamestream media, as he says. <clears throat> a lot of people in media, by the way, um, listen to this show, and a lot of them are really frustrated. And I, 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 I'm always calming him down. You know, it's like, hey, just you know, you're in the right place. We need you there. You know, a lot of them are, are frustrated because they, I know there's, I know for a fact that there are people in the mainstream, lamestream media that listen to us ramble on about various things that they'd love to ramble on about. And they can't. But they can't. Yeah. But, they, but they listen to us saying, these two incompetent boneheads can do it. Why can't I? <laughs> I know. But, you know, we make it look easy, John. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, so anyway, so he was covering a, a Tea Party event, uh, event in Boston, Massachusetts, and he came across a number of people with an Atlas Shrug sign, which I always love when people report that because it means I can play the jingle. Atlas Shrug. Yeah, they wish they stopped doing that. And uh, so what he did was he, he went down the line and greeted them with an in the morning to his surprise, he got a smile and an in-the-morning greeting in return. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who are new to the program, that is, uh, that is our, uh, our, our, our secret handshake. Just say, in the morning. When I, whenever I'm in the office in San Francisco, I, I always try it again and say, in the morning. There's now two people who answer in the morning back. Who? Uh, Andrew and Nick. Oh, they're the only two people listening to the show. Well, Yeah. <laughs> And your point is, <laughs> all right. Uh, the nighting we'll do uh, later. We'll do that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh boy. So um, I got tons of stuff, but there's may- tons of stuff. But let's try to get through as much of it as we can. I, I want to bring up a couple of things that are going to get old because uh, it was supposed to be done last week. There's a couple. Of th- Actually, there was a couple of notes I made for stuff for pushing off to uh, next show. Uh, but uh, I want to mention there's an interesting. Uh, now they got this uh, Lexus stop selling SUV that was called unsafe yeah. about 12 hours after yeah. consumer. Yeah, Consumer Reports said, oh, the thing is unsafe because I guess it it has drift. Is it, is it drift or push? No, it, it has some little problem where if you let off on the gas yeah, and, you, drift. And, you take it, and then you shift it, you, you turn the wheel real sharp and then back the other way. Yeah. Flip it. Here, here's what not to do in any SUV, okay? It's like go through a high-speed curve, take your foot off the grass and, 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 and hang a, a real sharp turn. Yeah, of course so, it's going to roll over. That's stupid. It's called the trailing throttle or, or lift throttle oversteer. Uh, oversteer. But, you know, all the old SUVs had this, and they never put the, the key bosh on them. And yeah. this car has been around for, I don't know, almost 10 years from now. I can tell you. I, by the way, as a Lexus, it's the clunkiest-looking Lexus they ever made. I never, I don't think anyone should ever have bought one yeah, in they, the first place. They should place. have just recalled it because it's ugly. I it's mean, totally ugly. Then it's it would have been okay. Ugly. <laughs> it was like, it's ugly. Get it off the market. It's not a good product. It's the GX uh, 460, and it's just, and, and here, here's the kicker. I got the article from the New York Times. Let me get this, uh, get to the end of it. Here it is. Oh. Here it is. The Mr. Champion said electronic stability systems. And by the way, they, they slipped this in so that, again, they, they have the meme in there that it's the electronics. The electronics. Yeah. It's the electronics. They got something wrong with their computer, right? Yep. Mr. Champion said the electronic stability systems used on other Lexus and Toyota models have always worked quickly to stop slides. So the problem on the GX460 was surprising. The new Toyota 4Runner, which, by the way, looks exactly the same, which uses the same basic architecture as the Lexus because it's the same car, Mm -hmm. was tested the same day and did not have the problem. Hmm. 
Now, so uh, what's wrong with this picture? Now, that said, on Toyota's website, you can go there. And some uh, one of our uh, producers sent us a, a link, and there's a there's a long expose about how the, the the congressional testimony. A lot of it was based on the fact that somebody had jiggered with the wiring uh, harness uh, on the. Uh, on the Prius or one of the other Toyotas, and then and it causes an acceleration effect to take place, and the whole thing seems like well, we of course from the beginning thought yeah, we this said was this is all, this is all about uh, screwing uh, Japan, saying hey, uh, take, yeah, our, take, debt. Money. take yeah. our debt, take our debt, and like it, treasuries, bitch. So we've been bringing this out from the beginning. Now it's starting. To, now, as of course, as as the public has gone on to the next new thing, yeah. now the facts are starting to come out. And this is something phony about this whole deal. But the but the and the only people that are covering the Toyota. Uh, uh, bitching Scam. about the uh, about the guy messing with the computer is the, their own website. You have to go to Toyota.com to find any discussion of this. It's just pretty much been blacked out because uh, there are other more important things like uh, whether uh, Pam Anderson uh, really is going to get to the next layer of Dancing with the Stars. Oh, wait. I have some real news if you want some. Would you like some? Oh, yeah. I'm always game. <laughs> And now, back to real news. Okay. Yeah, you'll like this. This is big. This is huge. This has not been reported yet. As I'm slowly reintegrating into uh, my circles here in Hollywood. Here is the information I have received. Sandra Bullock was so fed up with Jesse James's philandering, she was ready to leave him six months ago. In fact, when uh, she received the Golden Globe... And she was like, also lovey-dovey, you know, my husband. And blah, blah. She, at, the, get, yeah. at the same time, she was Facebooking, saying, what a bastard, what an asshole. And the reason why she came out with it after the Oscar is she did not want the news to actually blow her chance at winning the Oscar. So she kept this secret until she received the Oscar, and that's when she came out with it. So she knew all along what was going on. This was no huge surprise. So she's, she's the a PR she, expert. She is an expert. She should be our PR associate. I'd love uh, to have her. She ever listened to the show. <laughs> Jesse mind. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he probably would. <laughs> More likely, let's yeah. say. So that just goes to show, because remember we were talking about who, you know, how does this stuff get out there all of a sudden? So she is the one that leaked it herself because she wanted to, to secure her uh, chances at winning the Oscar. This was a known fact. This is like one of the biggest kept secrets in Hollywood. It's not kept anymore. Uh-uh. And you heard it right here. On no yeah, agenda. We, do, we can do real news scoops, as good as the scoops, big boys. Hell yeah. We can do scoops, <laughs> baby. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So what else we got? Well, what's coming in, of course, fast and furious is, uh, you know, now we've got, of course, now that everyone has moved on, now we're getting a lot of reports about the crash in uh, um, in Russia, the uh, which, of course, wiped out a large portion of the Polish government. And uh, a couple of interesting little tidbits. Uh, two days before uh, this horrific event. Who was in Poland receiving an award? General David H. Petraeus, hmm. commander of the U.S. Central Command, as he was invited by Polish officials who presented him with medals for his service. I'm just saying that was interesting, so it doesn't really mean anything. No, it doesn't mean anything at all. No. 
And then I received this from... Oh, but, uh, but he'd get, that gives Petraeus another piece of gold that he can hang off that house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me see. And the uh, Russians like the big giant ones. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to have like, like Flavor Flav. He's going to have a big gold clock around his neck for taking <laughs> out, taking out, helping taking out a Polish president. Um, so we, one of our producers, uh, which is what we call all our listeners, Mikolai Lagzinski. Hey, wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. Let's back up a minute. We're, we're, let's get back to the Petraeus thing now that you mention it. <laughs> I the Russians, like it. I had, by the way, I didn't put it on the, on the clips today, but I was listening. I listened. This is another. I listened to uh, Medved, uh, Med- Medvedev, yeah. Medvedev uh-huh. the uh, Russian uh, president. Uh, he was at the uh, actually I may have a, a clip, one clip about him, but he was at the uh, Brookings Institute. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, of course. Everyone, is, everyone was in town. The president of the Brookings Institute has got the, uh, I can't think of his name, but he's, he's got the weirdest name ever. Uh, you have to look it up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, he was going on about, you know, they, they kept talking about uh, how much help the Russians can do in Afghanistan. And you know the Russians are still irked about the fact that we screwed them over when they were trying to stabilize Afghanistan. We started the uh, Jihad, the Mujahideen, which later became Al Qaeda, we funded yeah, them, no, gave them weapons, and we sold right, coke we to do it. Them up, trained them, did all the right things, yeah. and that took our uh, CIA agent uh, Bin Laden, and uh, who I'm more and more convinced is still an agent for the CIA. Well, he's a dead agent. Well, he could be dead or alive. No, he, no he's dead. He's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been confirmed. Whatever the case, and it just irked. It had to irk the Russians to no end. Well, yeah, yeah so, you think? So they're giving Petraeus a medal. You know, I <laughs> Good mean, job. Like, this this is some this is part of some other scheme. The Russians are not uh, uh, happy with us. No, no. <laughs> Maybe those missiles in Poland was. Uh... Which is, the whole thing is weird. We're going to put missiles in Poland. We've got Petraeus getting a award. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just weird. So anyway, it's, 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 let, me, yeah. let me move on. Uh, Mikolai Lazinski, one of our producers from Poland, uh, or as Mikolai says, your producers from Gitmo Nation about to be taken over for good, Poland. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Again, yes. Uh, thank you, and uh, John, for doing the piece about Poland, stating the obvious that this was not an accident. The Secret Service, German and Russian-controlled media here in Poland don't even hint that in the slightest. By the way, I, I, my feeling is that this was a German uh, hit uh, for reasons we can get into. But he found a blog post, and this is interesting, of course, because you know we don't speak Polish, and uh, our, our audience is now so vast that we're getting lots of good information. Uh, a blog post written by a female journalist who retrospects the people she met uh, filming and who died in the crash. See, there were a lot of uh, journalists on the ground at the time um, because they were expecting this delegation to arrive. Anyway, in the blog, the woman writes in his translation, quote, I was recording a memory of priest Roman Idrzejczyk. Idrzejczyk. Just use the last initial. Anyway, uh, I. Hi. Uh, so he was on the plane, and his parish have been very hopeful that he is still alive because he sent a text message, several text messages, uh, saying greetings from Smolensk, which of course is where this crash took place. They are trying to land, conditions are tough, and the old man whips out his cell phone, powers it on, and fires a few as SMSs home. It's possible, however, 
And now Mikulai gets into uh, um, into some theories. Minutes at, just minutes after the crash, Russian authorities said 87 people died. Why was the number so precise when some of the bodies trapped under the fuselage have been removed only today after heavy machinery arrived? Two, Lech Kaczynski's body was found uh, in a state which enabled immediate identification, while his wife was only identified by a hand with a wedding ring. So a couple other things that then are pointed out. There's a picture... Uh, and the the link uh, got a link to it in a translated art. And everyone has copied this picture now, by the way. And there's an associated video where you see the nose cone and the front, the forward part of the fuselage, completely intact. So, like uh, I would say, about a, a fifth of the plane is intact, hmm. which is weird for a crash when you have like landing gear upside down and all kinds of strange. Just very, very strange uh, situation. And then this video comes out. Now, this could be completely fake. I, I really don't know, but I'm going to play it for you. And this is of a, uh, a son, uh, a father and a son. And they are one of the first on the crash scene. You hear a really loud train whistle in the beginning. And, of course, they've translated what people are saying. Which I can, tra- I'll read along for you. So they're walking towards the crash site right now. You're about to hear the train whistle. Now we see the fuse, the, the landing gear upside down in the woods. And uh, I'm going to read along with the translations. But listen for, oh, shoot. There we go. Damn, it says. Although I can't hear him say it. So they're the first on the scene. Get out of here, you bastard, someone says in the background. So train noise, here comes the train. But listen for the gunshots, John. Gunshots, actual gunshots. And we have no idea why they're... So there's a... Oh, this YouTube video is not going very well. We're there to make clips. Yeah, here it comes. So there's a lot of confusion. We're all going back, someone yells. Get out of here. Leave. Listen. Hear it? Yeah. Two shots. And there you see, and there you see the plane, the nose cone completely intact in this video. Everyone, move back, go. And then, of you course, link they, to the video. Yeah, and that's. Uh, you want to see it? You want the link right now? Yeah, sure. And you know what? It, it could be fake, but damn. Yeah, we have, we're sort of skeptical about some of these videos, but you know, I you can imagine though these guys are on the, the real guys are on the scene in the army, wherever they, whoever. And, uh, you know, they say, this guy's still alive. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, Not uh, anymore. <laughs> we got to take him out. Well, they don't want anyone saying it's an explosion inside the plane or whatever caused this thing to go down. Yeah. I, I don't like all the, uh, from an aviation perspective, I really don't like all of the, um, what they're saying. It's like, oh, there was confusion because uh, the crew spoke, spoke uh, Polish, the air traffic control, control spoke Russian, the English was broken. I mean, that, that's bull crap. I mean, this is a military field. 
you know, people, you know oh, oh yeah, the runway was too short. This runway was not too short. They land all kinds of amazing aircraft at this military field. And I do think that, indeed, the immediate body count was strange. And that there was confusion to start with, right? It was like 123, and then the Russians said, no, 87. And they knew that immediately. And, 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 and as uh, Nikolai points out, they're still pulling people from, uh, or we're still pulling people from the wreckage yesterday. Yeah, so how okay, well, then, I think we can count? conclude that this was a, uh, uh, an assassination of somebody. And it took a bunch of collateral with it. And I'm going to say Nobody that even cares anymore. I mean, it's just like, you know, this is getting like to the point where you're worried that, you know, that because you're on the same flight with some congressman that they want to kill, that they're going to blow up the whole plane. What happened to this, the, the targeted stuff that used to be uh, so popular in the 60s and 70s where they had, remember that one Russian guy, they, they put a, like a, a pellet you know, in a uh, in a walking cane and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. How about exploding cigars and stuff? You know, let's be a little creative. His head off, but not your neighbors. You <laughs> yeah, know, really, kind of this is no good. But they don't care anymore. It's just like it's yeah, screw because it. no. But no, the reason I was thinking about this because I was reading the book. Uh, uh, family of secrets. Right. And I, I came to a couple interesting conclusions. One was that, you know, all these CIA, bo- the book is not about the Bush family. Well, no, it's, it's not about the CIA. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and the connections around the CIA and who's in and who's out. And yeah. yeah and and the, the best section, I, if I had the book here, I'd read parts of it. Maybe I will in the future. I should reference. People should read it. They take uh, Woodward of the Woodward and Bernstein team uh, and, and, and deconstruct his career. And he's obviously working for the CIA. Yeah. And he's never said he wasn't. I mean, maybe he has, but they have down. He was working for Navy intelligence, and then he was working here, and then he wanted to become a writer. And so they said, well, let's. So they immediately, with no experience, they push him over to the Washington Post, and the Post says, this guy can't write. So they send him out to a farm club, some newspaper. He learns to write. He comes back. And then the first real assignment he gets that's you know of any importance is the Watergate thing. And he's like, has friends. He, all his re- reporting has to do with some friend told him this and a friend told him that or he contacted this guy. That guy, he's obviously talking to some, you know, he's being fed uh, information. And then they also, then his payout for doing his job properly is to get these best-selling books out there, which leave conveniently leave out all kinds of interesting facts, which are carefully documented in this book. The, it's an in, incredible indictment of the guy as a journalist. This And it's very well, in fact, and it's very well documented. Yeah. And you start looking at this and you realize that this book, because it wasn't actually presented as a tome about the CIA, I don't think it was like nor, it didn't go through the normal vetting process or whatever legal means to keep, you know, important information out. I don't think that that the agency would want it be known that, you know, half the journalists working for these big newspapers are working for them. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that there's no control left, you know, because they used to have presidential connections. That's now gone. As we know, the CIA and the Obama administration are basically at war. Uh, I think there's just no control, you know, so they they just take it as it comes. Yeah, there may be a lot of ad libbing going on, but whatever the case is, uh, it, a lot of this seems to be sloppy. But, well, you know, but I came to realize that they can do this and, and the, your Polish uh, contact uh, makes it clear. 
the media isn't going to write about it. They no. don't care. No. Uh, I mean, there are some people that probably do, but they can't get it past the editors anyway. So nobody's going to bring up any of these suppositions. Uh, nobody's going to complain about it. No, and any of you, even, even if you actually knew, and in fact, let's say all of our listeners, hundreds of, let's say we have, let's say we have 200,000 listeners plus if all of them knew that, that, that there was a shadow government and the whole thing was being run up by these characters doing assassinations and whatever for whatever purpose that's in the united states of america out of 300 plus 350 million people we got if you had 200 <laughs> it doesn't mean anything we're lost we're a drop it's in the like bucket no chance i mean it's <laughs> and somewhere along the line intelligence agencies or, or smart governments and smart agencies realize that they could do a lot of stuff and get away with it because there's nobody that's no going to yeah, no up. They're no not going to complain. It just happens. And so you have this kind of activity taking place where you just kill off a whole plane of people, let's say, uh, by our theory. Um, and nobody cares. It's like, oh, whoa, what's, oh whatever. what's the official pronouncement? Oh, the official, here's the press release from the yeah. home office. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it was an accident. Yeah. It was foggy. Fog, the guy ran into a tree. Okay, <laughs> move let's on. Go watch That's right. American Idol and see what's going on because something's going on. With the, 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 Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. I'm sorry. And, and Goslin has got a beef with Pam Anderson. And I mean, this was whoever discovered that you could do this. To it's the, a G Genius. You, you create a bunch of bogus uh, distractions, dumb down the school system so everybody's an idiot, and just do whatever you want. Just take over the place. Who, and, and, but just don't make a big scene. Still have you know, the, the elections and all these people that are supposed to be running things. And, and, they, and there is a system they put in place. And there are laws. You can still get arrested for running a red light yeah. and all the rest of it. But uh, you know, meanwhile, this other stuff goes on. It's not, it goes on without question. And when it, somebody does question it, and people do, and that book's a good example, the thing is laced with good information. Yeah. No, it's no one cares. It's, you can't get enough. Co- that book, if it sold twenty thousand copies, is a miracle. So yesterday, uh, and this comes from another another one of our listeners with Russian connections. Um, HP's offices were raided in Moscow. Yeah. Um, some speculation that classified information might have been intercepted from the presidential plane that crashed. Laptops, probably a couple of uh, flash drives, storage disks. And when you look into HP, oh, my God. So they have a huge outpost in Poland. HP is deeply embedded in Poland. They set up a... Do you know what? At HP, I'm amazed at this. You know, we should never buy an HP laptop again. Listen to where they are. Uh, they're doing the entire IT system for the state treasury of Slovo- Slovakia. Uh, they're doing the National Employment Agency Systems in France. Uh, complete IT infrastructure, outsourcing services to the Belgian federal system. Four-year agreement for the Swedish parliament for a secure IT and communications infrastructure. Just won a new contract with uh, Bulgaria's Ministry of the Interior. Um, European parliament contract as part of a consortium. Uh, hospital and in Sp- entire health system in Spain. Uh, they're doing the uh, police in Wiltshire, Ministry of Defense in the United Kingdom. I mean, these guys are all over the place. Yeah, talk about information collection potential. It's just, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. 
So, um, and then of course, and I think, and I, this is why I think that the hit, if it was a hit, it came from uh, Germany. I've been uh, looking at uh, uh, Gerhard Schroeder. So Gerhard Schroeder was the uh, was basically Angela Merkel before uh, before they switched genders, and he left in two thousand five. And after systematically shutting down seventeen, thank you very much, Atomic Rod Adams, another one of our listeners. After systematically shutting down 17 of Germany's nuclear power plants, because, oh, they're so dangerous, 17 of them, which supplied about 25% of the nation's power, like a week later, he goes to the Nord Stream pipeline cabal, which, of course, he's now on, uh, he's a board member and he's a, a, part of the, a part of this big project, which, of course, also just started days before this assassination. Uh, which is uh, taking Europe's gas or Russia's gas and supplying it to Europe through Germany and uh, by, they're, uh, bypassing Poland altogether. And Poland was making waves. They didn't want this to happen, you know, for, for obvious economic reasons. But also there were some problems with, uh, with the pipeline in the port. Yeah, right. screws them, their shipping yeah, lanes. Yeah, their up. shipping lanes, everything. And I think that they were, you know, the, maybe there was some threat of... Uh, Sabotage, etc., and they just took them all out. Now, I'm pretty sure this pipeline—that's the—that's the big business. That's where I'd look at it, and I'd say that there's some uh, nasty actors in Germany. Anyway, well, you know, I remember the uh, complaining when we first, uh, you know, when the Afghan the Afghanistan stuff began. There's a pipeline involved there too. Yeah, and uh, somebody had put out some similar to our show had put out this wacky theory about Unical and all the crazy stuff going on during the Taliban era and all the rest of it and how they were all in bed together. And then they were for this, for, and they just, this guy just went on and on with all these assertions. And then some years later, somebody came out with a, with a real timeline of what had happened over the years. And it was like exactly that. Yeah. Well, the whole, like, oh, well, the whole, the whole uh, uh, Georgia-Russia incident, which, of course, was not Russia attacking Georgia, but Georgia attacking Russia, was uh, written uh, in a book by Tom Clancy, another fine CIA-connected guy. Yeah. So, uh... Just, just one more thing on, uh, on this crash, uh, which, I, which I picked up from Bloomberg. So, of course, the central banker who was pushing back on uh, not only lie... He didn't, uh, the central banker would not lie about the profit made which is kind of typical for central banks to do, but also rejected IMF uh, money because Poland didn't need it. They were doing just fine, thank you very much. And they devalued the zloty against the euro. Not nice to do if you're playing in Gitmo Euroland. So Poland now says, oh, we have no reason to rush the appointment of a replacement for the central bank governor, Slavomir Skrzypek. Yeah, don't even try. Uh, And you know why? Because, uh, hold on, they have, uh, the deputy governor is uh, handling the duties just fine, Piotr. Uh, and of course, uh, Piotr joined uh, in uh, March 2008, nice little timeline, as a former analyst and fund man- manager for Deutsche Bank and J.P. Morgan. Yeah, perfect. It's a takeover. I feel bad for our Polish uh, brothers and sisters. 
They, they, you know, they kind of had it going on. They had the guy who was against the European Union. He was screwing with the euro. He didn't buy into the swine flu scam. And they, t- and you know, they take him out. Not just him, but you know, we take your wife. We're gonna take your friends. We're gonna take the the the, the your religious leader. We're gonna take your central banker who was doing a good job. Good job. Good job. Good job, everybody. You're all dead. Goodbye. That's how it goes. Well, you know. <laughs> They should have flown coach. <laughs> Hold on. Let me mark that one. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. Your turn. Well, I don't really have anything. You got all tons of clips and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you don't have anything. All right. So good night, everybody. <laughs> we'll be here all week. The, the week. Uh, I have to go look in the earthquake. I think we had a little quake here. Um, right now, about uh, in the middle of your speech, there was we had we had there's a when you're on a big giant rock in California and you have these real minor quakes, it always sounds like somebody slamming a door. Oh, hold on, I can check right now. I've got an app for that. The USGS for the Bay Area citizens. It would have been about like a four in the Berkeley Hills. Really? Uh, yeah. Let me see. I've got uh, uh, Baja hit um, about. That thing really puts them all because there's, there's been thousands on a daily basis. For yeah, reasons. there's like three after one after another in Baja, California. Five, I see. Hmm. Hey, they're, they're revving it up, John. Keep going. <laughs> Let's talk some more. Yeah, you laugh, brother. You laugh. So let's see what we can do. I got a good uh, Law of the Land meme clip. Oh, okay. Why don't you do that one, and we'll get to my my clips are all kind of all over the place, and so I don't want to get us too far off the track of uh, sinister uh, uh, dealings uh, right off the bat. Well, what's wrong with sinister dealings? No, I said I want to get off that. I I want to stay on that. If I'm going to start going on my clips, we're going to we're going to start going all over the place. (laughs) Okay. Now all of a sudden, I for some reason can't seem to find my. Oh, damn it. Well, let's play Russian the WTO then. This is uh, the Russian president uh, uh, bitching about the fact that he's not in the WTO with uh, some interesting comments. Oh, well, where was the Russian president? Was he at the uh, at the at big the Brookings Institute? Ah, okay. Oh, and the see. guy, I, I've got to get the president of the Brookings Institute's name because it's like, how do any parents give a kid this name? <laughs> right. I suspect maybe some of our colleagues will want to return to these issues, but if I could ask you one question about Russia and the global economy, and that is what you see as the prospects for Russia being part of the World Trade Organization. Being honest, I think that we should have be in the WTO long time ago because we have been on its threshold longer than any other country, even such big country as China. And being honest, I think the issue of Russia's accession to WTO is politicized highly. It has become a carrot before us. They keep saying, well, 
behave well and we will accept you to the WTO. But this is not correct, because if we assess to the organization, everyone will benefit, not only Russia. It is a very important part of international economy. Whatever uh, people say, we have a lot of things to offer, and harmonization of the rules we use is very important. Talking about my personal position, we would like to assess she lost it right there, didn't she? This was not the world's greatest translator, this woman. To the WTO, and we should make this procedure not humiliating for us. And I will be frank, I know that Barack Obama will be not offended. He said uh, that Russia... Uh, should join WTO fast. Uh, we started the process in 2006 when our relationship was just evolving, but there is no result as yet, and we count very much on a favorable position of the new administration to force the joining of Russia to the WTO. This does not run counter to our uh, other uh, commitments like uh, customs union with Belarus and Kazakhstan. All the processes can be harmonized and help each other uh, benefit from it. Yeah, anyway, yeah, so he's uh, complaining. I guess the WTO is important to, to Russia, but what is Russia? You know, I mean, Russia does these crazy trades, three, four-way deals. That they're very difficult, to, uh, and they 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 have a certain crooked uh, quality about a lot of the uh, a lot of their activity. Yeah, really. <laughs> so the guy, the president of the Brookings Institute, is named Strobe. <laughs> That's not a nickname. I have to assume that his parents were hippies. Uh, hey, man, let's call hey, him. We'll call him Strobe. Strobe. <laughs> hey, baby, uh, he's he's like strobing out now, man. Awesome, Strobe. That's like Storm Phillips. Actually, his real name is Nelson Strobridge Talbot the Third. Oh, he's an elite. And nice. you, know, you think, and so that's the place that they were. That Nixon wanted to firebomb. I still haven't, you know. I've been still, by the way, looking into. I've got now. I've got. I've got binders full of uh, Watergate stuff. Yeah, you're into it, right? Yeah, you know. No, you know, it's, you know I it never was, well, well, but now you, I am because you know. Again, the book history of uh, uh, or family of secrets. They discuss the whole thing, and it's actually quite funny. I'm telling you, people, you have to read this book because so, it'll. So one of our show more. One of our producers has access to some art that was drawn uh, during these uh, hearings. And I think that I thought all of the Watergate hearings were public, but apparently some of them weren't. And on the back of these courtroom drawings, the artist has written some notes that our producer was thinking about telling us about, but then uh, he got sideswiped on the highway by a car that sped <laughs> off with no license plates. And he's like, I'm not going to do it anymore. Like, okay, it's all right, brother. Take it easy. It's not all that important to us. No, but it is interesting. So anyway, this book goes into great detail about how Watergate, and if you read this, and apparently the guy points out that there are at least four other books that have been written post-Watergate that assert the same thing from different perspectives, that Nixon had nothing to do with Watergate. The whole thing was a setup because he was having a feud with the CIA. Oh, yeah. 
And uh, Howard Hunt being the classic CIA operative who supposedly was retired, but the evidence says that he wasn't, and the CIA wouldn't provide any information to anybody about anything. And it went and set up these, these, these uh, break-ins with using, using all the techniques you'd use to get caught. And then, of course, there so, was also rumors that there was, uh, you know, that there was a file of uh, pedophiles. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm less inclined to think that. I think the whole thing was just to get Nixon out of office. Well, and by the way, I was thinking works. about, I was thinking about this too, which is, there's a lot of stories during the last days of Nixon about him crawling around the White House on his hands and knees, crying and doing all kinds of weird stuff and flipping out. How hard would it be? It was bad for, weed, man. How hard would it be to feed? Nixon acid in his food through the uh, I mean if you're the chef of the White House and somebody comes up to you and says look we're going to kill your kids if you don't do the following and dope him up you know there's there's a lot of speculation that they actually drugged Reagan and that his Alzheimer's was uh, uh, synthetically induced and that it wasn't like a natural Alzheimer's uh, uh, occurrence but they actually fucked him up with drugs well, that brings me to the uh, – there's a clip that showed up on YouTube some time ago, and I, I actually blogged it because I thought it was fascinating. And I had actually earlier predicted when during the elections after Clinton uh, when they were running uh, Gore versus Bush, I had actually seen the, 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 the way Bush was moving up the ranks to become uh, the obvious candidate and, and then to win the presidency. I won a lot of bets on that one, by the way. And uh, – and I remember Bush when he was a Texas governor, and I and there was a YouTube clip that came out showing him as a Texas governor chatting away, and then showing him like three years later as the president talking, and it was like it was like two different people. The first guy was quick witted, he was funny, he was fast on his feet, he was snide, he was anybody was fast. He wasn't making all these stupid mistakes. He wasn't slurring his words and talking slow and and making gaffes left and right. Hmm. And he was, he was, a, and then, but anyway, this this YouTube video shows him before and after. I'm thinking, what the hell are they feeding this guy to get him to be this kind of dopey character? And then in the debates, as you recall, there was a big controversy that oh, he had the the listening device on. He his had back. a big yeah. device in his back and then a thing in his ear, so he could be told what to do. <laughs> and I mean, the whole thing is like, you know, and how hard would it be? If you have total access to 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 feed the president uh, drugs, drugs in his yeah. in his meals, you know it's interesting you say that because remember um, I gave you the uh, the translation from Nicolas Sarkozy. He said that uh, Obama is insane, and I'm seeing more reports like this. This is from um, from Phoenix, the East Valley Tribune, titled "Obama Going Off the Deep End." <laughs> and there's more and more of this. A recent no, analysis. Well, maybe this is set up to get us to start thinking it in these terms, as a, like a meme, you know, to get everybody in, in ready, and then to give them something and see what happens. But I have the sense with Obama that yeah, somebody once described him as the guy at the, you know the guy at Yale with the good dope. <laughs> hey and, man, who's got the hookup? <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, he just has that that air about him, I have the sense that he's had enough experience with psychedelics, and uh, he could get through it. That he could get through it. <laughs> First, he'd recognize it. It's like oh, I'm stoned, dude. 
<laughs> stone. <laughs> he could recognize it and then he could deal with it as opposed to somebody like Bush or uh, any, you know, pretty much anybody else except maybe Clinton. Uh that would, you know, just get kind of dingy about the whole thing, and you know, who knows what would happen. But I'm telling you, this, the, the difference in Bush's personality from early to you know, just a few years in, it, it, it was Astounding. too radical. It was radically dumbed down. Well, but it makes so much sense, you know, and Bill Clinton, of course, uh, they they put all the hookers on him and the interns and all, the, you know, it was like, you know, they turned him okay, into they, a sex they, addict. Keep him busy. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, he Cuban had, cigars and, and fat chicks. That's still pretty amazing to me. Uh, oh, then I might as well play this one, since this has been going around in circles from the Ministry of Truth. This is uh, Michelle o Obama, and she's uh, with uh, Barney Frank there, and uh, this is for the uh, LBG country's journey toward equality Q is not finished and A. But listen to what we she know says. It right here in this room. It's been five years since Lawrence versus Texas and 39 years since Stonewall, but still, listen for it. we've got See work if you to can do catch before it. we achieve equality in the LGBT community. He's also spoken out against the stigma surrounding HIV testing, which is still plaguing so many of our communities, uh, which you all know a lot of that is due to homophobia. Uh, Barack has led by example. Uh, when we took our trip to Africa and visited his home country in Kenya. Whoops. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> his home, his country. home country of Kenya, <laughs> where he was born. <laughs> oh, what a gaffe. By the way, I made a gaffe a second ago. I said, uh, I said Obama went to Yale. I'm in Harvard. Oh, okay. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> That's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic. You got to you got to send me that clip because I, I want to put that in. You know, I want to do another one of these medleys. Yeah, that, that's that's just my favorite. His whole play it land. again. Play it again. Oh, hold on a second. I, uh, <laughs> I'll see if I can fast forward to it. It's my favorite bit of the week. <laughs> He's also spoken out against the stigma surrounding HIV testing, which is still plaguing so many of our communities, uh, which you all know a lot of that is due to homophobia. Uh, Barack has led by example. Uh, when we took our trip to Africa and visited his home country in Kenya, uh, we... <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. It never ends. <laughs> That's so dumb. Oh, oh dude. Uh, you know, <laughs> we could... Uh, let's do one more funny clip before we get to uh, to support, because I'm just having so much fun. All right, let me go to my uh, list here. I, I, I got one for you. This okay, is, go. This yeah. is um, what we talked about on Thursday. Don Lemon. Because it, it, you know, it was funny, because at the very end of the show on Thursday, we talked about um, the Civil War and how that is being turned into a representation of people for and against slavery, whereas right. that is not necessarily... Right, although, and there's a number of good Lincoln uh, quotes that was sent to us saying that where Lincoln said that. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. I saw some quotes going back and forth where Lincoln actually explicitly said it wasn't about that. He even said... Yeah, if I could make this, what, we, what was the quote, Sean? He basically said that if he could, it was about keeping the country in one piece. And if it if it meant busting up slavery, fine. If it meant not busting up slavery, fine. fine. It's not the point. The point was keeping the country in one piece. Right. So um, this was this uh, this jerk off Don Lemon. 
on CNN, and he's on with Roland Martin. So this is uh, two black guys, and which I don't give a crap if they're black, white, red, or yellow. But when you propagate this kind of BS on television, it's a problem. So listen to them talking about, and this, of course, all stems from the controversy about um, uh, the Virginia governor uh, proclaiming April as, uh, what was it? Confederate month or something. Yeah, Confederate Confederate History Month. Month. Okay, here we go. Let me just uh, fire this one up here. This is uh, this is an amazing piece of uh, conversation between these two guys. It's uh... all right. So on Wednesday's Rick's list, uh, we have R and R, where Rick talks to CNN contributor Roland Martin. Today, Roland is in my home state of Louisiana, and that's where we start. So these guys are in Atlanta, and they're Southerners. Which makes it even better. That's funny. This Roland Martin character I have on a clip too from with uh, Mary with with Matlin that 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 crazy. Oh, okay, uh, good, 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 good. And our Roland's live from Yallens, Nola. Yallens, Nola. Uh, first, right. uh, hey, That's happy right. uh, Confederate History Month. You know, you being in Louisiana. Oh, please don't, don't don't even get me. Me started. being here in Georgia, two states that observe this, and it follows African American History Month as well. So, uh, I don't want you to feel excluded. <laughs> And I don't want this guy. He doesn't feel excluded either. Uh, Governor Bob McDonald has declared this month Confederate History Month for Virginia. So, look, I, you know, I don't want to debate the merits of the proclamation and celebrate whatever you want, right? But, he says, but I, di- I, I did go to the website. This is what I should tell you. I went to the website just to see what it was about, Roland. And here's what he said. He called right. the Civil War, quote, a four-year war between the states for independence. What does that gain him politically by doing You're, this? Uh, Okay, first of all, here's your deal. Uh, and this is the, the problem. Republicans are always talking about how they don't like for folks to brand them as being racist or bigots. And I understand that. But the last two Democratic governors, Mark Warner, as well as Tim Kaine, did not issue a, pro- a pro- proclamation. Tim Kaine uh, also said, look, <coughs> it makes no sense. The two previous Republican governors issued the same proclamation. And so who are they actually playing to? This is really a recognition, Don, of American terrorists. They were terrorists. What? These were people who committed treason. No, they were terrorists. But hey, Roland, let me, let me tell you this. I, I understand what you're saying. And when we talked about this, listen, I, I'm a freedom of speech person. I believe that people have the right to say and protest whatever you want. If you start, you know, threatening people, if there's hate speech or that kind of thing, that, that's where you draw the line. There is a, a history to this country for, for Confederacy, but should we celebrate it? That's a question. Don, what he says, let me, let me, before you answer it, before you answer it, he says um, that... What exploration? We are going through a period where we need to explore our history, and an exploration of our history can benefit all. That's what he said. And expo- okay, right. And I can, can, I can give you in I can give you in thirty seconds versus a whole month what, 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 what it was all about. These were American terrorists. These were individuals who were committing a sin against humanity, who wanted to keep the system of oppression, the degra- degradation, uh, and absolute. Uh, denial of opportunities for African Americans. Hey, we're celebrating people, and had they wand on, you and I would not be sitting here right now. You and I would be in the fields right now uh, as property as opposed to being free individuals. And so it's, that's like somebody saying, oh, we're going to celebrate uh, the Nazi soldiers by saying, well, they were only doing their job as opposed to uh, working in concentration camps. I'm not- I love it. You can't twist it any better than that. 
Yeah, that's pretty twisted. Let's celebrate what, like the that's Nazis. What, that's what people listen to when they listen to CNN or any of these other stations. This Martin character is just a, uh, he doesn't seem, you know, he's, he's just a... Well, this a isn't him. This is, this is, uh, this is uh, on his segment, I guess. This is Roland, is it, what's his name? I don't know. Whatever. But the other guy is the one I'm talking about that's saying this. He's on the segment. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's, he does a, he does a segment with with Matlin uh, on the Campbell Brown show, which I have a clip of, and he's the same excitable guy. He's more he's trying to. Unfortunately, he's not erudite enough to pull it off, uh, but he's trying to be like one of the big. Uh, he, he, you can just see this because I mean, if you work in media and you see these guys, you know, moving up the ranks, you know, they want to get a high paying show is what they want, right? By and being guy, controversial. Yeah, you got to be so. So they think you have to go over the top with extreme, crazy, you know. But the problem is, if it's all bogus, which this guy seems to be specializing in, uh, you know, a a misunderstanding, misrepresentation of the facts, uh, it's not going to get him the job. But they're going to keep him on because he's he's highly entertaining. But at the same time, the public doesn't need to be seeing this kind of thing or listening to this stuff. It's it's. it's Do you want Do you want to play the Campbell? uh, Yeah, this is a different. This is off a different track. This is about. They they make actually the guy here finds actually a pretty good point to make but but you have to imagine that this little segment is on the Campbell Brown show can't be doing very well they, that they would have to resort to these kinds of little segments. Who is Campbell Brown? Campbell Brown has got a show. She's like a, she's got like an O'Reilly show. Only oh, a, she's kind of like a like a milfy cougary chick. She's yeah, really yeah. smart, and she's she's like a she's like a, a like take take the a straight uh, Rachel Maddow. She's like a straight Rachel Maddow, exactly, and and she's and she's and she's honestly, she's one of those people. I know you know these types. They think that by doing, you know, by being real journalists and doing things the right way, and yeah. you know, you know, it, it, which produces an incredibly boring show yeah, that makes no it. money. <laughs> Makes no money. There's no gimmicks. The show's crappy, yeah. and so they, so obviously some suits came along and and said you got to put these two people up. on, liven yeah. it up, liven it up. All right. This whole now you talk about being discreet. Uh, how about being stupid? Here we have the United <laughs> States Census. Okay, U.S. Census. Where we're actually we counting. Go. We could go anywhere. How about no? This is where we're actually counting Americans. That's uh, a good thing. You know, every ten years is constitutional. Uh, right. We got a photo here though of some of the hats and shirts and things like that. Um, these products Stylish. were not made. In the U.S. The Chicago Tribune has a story, uh, Chicago Sun-Times, a piece that uh, some of these products came from China, Bangladesh, and other places. Come on. Hey. If, if we're going to count Americans, can we at least have something made in the USA? I take your point. But Please. $340 million for those hats? Come well, well, on. Okay, okay. Now, 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 you know, I, I like You're looking good, way. but I agree with you. Yeah. The hat, the you would never wet. put that on. I would put the hat on. Ten questions, ten minutes. Fill it out. Do your census bureau. But I'm not sure. This goes under the category of government waste to me, who, who's ever making those stylish shirts. It's interesting because a lot of people sent me a link about this, and I was like, I, you know, whatever. So big deal. You know, it, it, this is the kind of stuff we don't use to be controversial. I mean, although, yeah, the point is well made that it's kind of weird that we have all this money being spent on uh, hats on hats from China for the census. And by the way, I went to the Chinese uh, supermarket over here to get some supplies, and every checker and everybody in the whole store is wearing these hats and shirts of Chinese. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> They're taking over. All free, free, all free shirt. So what we do on this show, and this is a prime example of it, you just really set it up in this Campbell Brown. you know. So I'm not saying that she's not a real journalist, 
or she's not good. But the way the mainstream media works is you have to have controversy. You have to throw in some Tiger Woods. You got to have all this stuff that is completely irrelevant to what's going on in the world. And, and in order to spike up your ratings, so advertisers will pay for the show. And that's exactly what doesn't work anymore because then you get no journalism. You get bull crap that doesn't matter. You don't get the type yeah, of analysis. Yeah, and if you listen to those two, you listen to those two. And by the way, Matlin looks like she can't move a muscle in her face. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, she's just basically, it looks like a, a like a, a wax shell. She is the Botox Words coming out. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that, but that there was like a bogus debate. They were going back and forth. This guy's a fast talker, which is annoying. And the whole thing is just like, what am I watching this for? This is, anyway, so let's go over some of the people that did give us some uh, support this week. Um, we did already mention our uh, executive producers, and I got a long letter from uh, one of them, which now I got to find because it's in the bottom of the pile of the stuff I just put down. So uh, uh, that's uh, Travis Bowers. Who, yeah, Travis uh, Bowers. Uh, we're going to knight him in a second. But listen, let me get through some of the other guys. John uh, Groomling in Aspen, Colorado. Uh, gave us our state his state reef state tax refund 168 dollars thank you thank you and he would like to still do a dinner somewhere lawrence shell lancaster california 15554 uh he's uh his donation is an attempt to sending some karma your way you you're eager eager to sell the sierra and hope this helps as adam knows 777 is the highest possible setting yes. on an aircraft transponder and his donation is double 777 yeah, and it's highly appreciated. And yes, it is still for sale, and the market is crap. <laughs> it sucks. I need to sell this aircraft. November 277 Delta Sierra. Shane Brady in Plattsburgh, Missouri, 15510, which is 100 plus double nickels on the dime. Nice. And he says that he thinks the vegans are more plentiful in the no agenda knighthood ranks than the general population. <laughs> well, by percentage. What do we have with these vegans? How can they listen to this show? They love us, John, because they know so that we, because we love animals. That's why. We do. We love the animals. We eat the good ones. <laughs> we don't eat, you know, we want animals to be healthy so we can eat Yeah, they them. should be healthy and live a nice life and, and die in peace. Uh, John Atwood Cotter. Arkansas, $100 even. I want to see the mojo works in proxy. My daughter and son-in-law are both laid off. Give me some good karma. Yeah, John this, is for the, this is for the Karma Club, which karma Club. Uh, is still working. If we and we're going to set up a, a web page which says Karma Club and everyone who has an anecdote. Here's the deal: I want to do. We're going to have anyone who's who. The, you have to agree to this before we put your name up, or we'll put your name up. But you, we would like you to put your name and email address up for verification. Yes. So if anybody doubts this, you know they say, "Oh, these guys are just full of crap." We want we want people's list to list their name and email so that someone can send them. Is this true that you got a job after donating? And so you can say yes. So there's also a LinkedIn profile, which is a no agenda show. I'm not quite sure how we link that into the uh, to the Karma Club, but there may be something there that we can use it for. Well, I, it, yeah. Well, no, it's also the, 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 I don't know, we lost the stream. Did I get the John Smith, Alpharetta, Georgia? Actually, he's in St. Pete, Florida, douchebag opt-out program. No, no, bring me that again. Uh, did I get the thing about the Mojo Works and Proxy? My daughter and son-in-law are both laid off. From yeah, John yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, John that. Smith from uh, St. Pete, Florida says he's proposing the douchebag opt-out. If you can afford it, it's been more than 30 days since you've given. You're a douchebag. I understand if money is tight, but come on, guys, 5 to 25 bucks. I'm here by opting out of being a douchebag for this month. Okay. John Smith, you are uh, not. 
douchebag. And he gave us a nice hundred dollars. Todd Webster in Fort Worth, Texas, ninety nine ninety nine, is a test of the Karma Club. He has twin boys turning sixteen on the twenty third. Brandon and Blake, and a stepson, Scott, just out of the army, all looking for work. This is thirty three thirty three from each of them to test the theory. All right. And then we have Sterling Ellsworth, our old buddy in Saint Santa Barbara, who gave seventy-seven, seventy-seven, the thirteenth time. And uh, he says, "This is appropriate, as this may occur on April fifteenth, as my profession is of a taxing nature." <laughs> Keep up the good work. Oh no! <laughs> so we have a we have an accountant night. <laughs> oh, wait a minute! We might as well play it. Hey, it's April fifteenth. Who are you gonna give your money to? Oh, I don't know. Oh yeah. Awesome. Okay, Picasso uh, gave us uh, $70 out of New York City. Uh, and Paul Vela, Tau- uh, I don't know, it was Towchester, North Hampshire, United Kingdom, Smart, I think. Yeah, uh, I'd, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, second 6666, the other 3333. When you get three shows, that means you'd be giving us 9999. Uh, Ray Manguel in uh, Jersey City, Jersey, uh, 6310. Double, double nickels on the dime plus the $8 I won't be spending on the douchebag Sean Hannity's book. <laughs> Someone sent me a picture of uh, Sean Hannity's book next to uh, Summer's Eve in the uh, <laughs> in the supermarket. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's a Twisted good Lemon uh, in the Netherlands, uh, fifty-eight dollars. Uh, a belated uh, happy birthday to me. Yay! Um, let's see. We got Snora uh, Selmer. Yes, yeah, Snora Selmer uh, in uh, Norway, fifty-five ten. Two nickels on the dime. Ter- Richard Terry, Houston, Texas. David Nicholson, uh, Buckinghamshire, fifty-five ten for both of them. Neil Henderson, uh, UK. We got a lot of UK all of, all of a sudden. Uh, he's in Pennet Quick, Pe- Penny Cook, Penny Cook, Scotland, spelled P-E-N-I-C-U-I-K. No one would ever guess that in the United States. Yeah, so he won't call himself a douchebag. And then uh, Michael uh, Pocket from London. Oh, hold on a second. This is an important one. All right, I'll, I'll take it. Hi, Adam and John. I'm donating this amount as a birthday present for my friend John Robinson. I forgot it was his birthday on Monday, so I'm calling myself out as an incredible and hoping this makes amends. Recently, John sent in a link that Adam used about a vaccine that a note asked for a shout-out from me, but I somehow get the credit. Oh, okay, I guess we messed up. This is interesting. Please wish John a happy bladed no agenda birthday and keep up the great work. Michael Pocket. There you go. It's another birthday shout out on No Agenda. Uh, Brian King, Consulting, San Jose, California, two nickels on the dime in honor of Minuteman Moss, the I-69 billboard videographer. John Sacco, Escondido, California, uh, 5510. Carl Schweikert, Sacramento, California. He needs the car. Fifty-two nickels on the dime. Uh, aviation minute men, just like SA, the SAC in the '60s, ready to launch in 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> nice. Anyway, yeah, we need that. On on. We need that. Uh, Serena Swanson, which adds, uh, I think, this number 32 in the women column from Bristol. Yeah, from Bristol, uh, it's because I guess she's. Uh, 
she came from North Carolina. And she's happy that every time I mention North Carolina, which, by the way, makes the best barbecue technically in the world. And, and they actually have four distinct types of barbecue within the state. Very interesting. <laughs> so, uh, some, some North Carolina trivia, trivia on the show. It's quite Thank interesting. I no, actually very interesting. In John, uh, it's, it's amazingly interesting. Uh, the, uh, she goes on and on. And uh, David C. Pugh from North Canton, Ohio been listening uh, for a year and now he feels he's still a douchebag <laughs> oh no douchebag Boris Prince Hamburg Germany Hamburg in the morning Deutschland uh, Deutschland uh, Mark Lemberg yes Deutschland what am I thinking March L- Mark Lemberg in Rotterdam 50 bucks uh, and for the he's just this is for hookers and blow he's also uh, calls himself a douchebag uh, not donating it earlier. Now, uh, let's get to our nights and we'll be done with this. I think there's a few others. Look down the notes and see if there's anything else we need to talk about. And I'll read uh, from Travis Bauer's note. Okay. I discovered Noah Jen in the fall of 2009. It's quickly become the single piece of media I look forward to receiving every week. Your deconstructions, analysis, and commentary are quickly becoming legendary. No other podcast has made me literally laugh out loud as much as you have. And he quotes me saying, hey, Doc, I can't pee, man. <laughs> I, remember that one. I, I think that might have been the tech hippie. The tech hippie. John, I first discovered you, and he, t- and he talks about when he discovered Adam, and then he goes on to say, I'm a 26-year-old software engineer who's blessed enough to have done well in this economy, and we appreciate people who, who uh, do very well in the economy and, and helping us. So I'm enclosing the first, I think, First, double dimes on the quarter donation. I hope the enclosed donation will help you on your journey to the third show. Lastly, don't expect to read all this on the show, but I do have a chance to get a plug-in. If I have a chance to get a plug-in, it'll be for my upcoming iPhone at Bookie, which is, I think, right down our alley. I've established a business relationship with Bodog.com and providing, I think, the first iPhone app to get real-time sports book information, the spread, money line, over, under, etc. Wait, what's it called again? Bookie. Bookie. B-O-O-K-I-E as in bookie. Cool. Assuming Steve Jobs lets it through, it should be in store in the coming weeks. Consider my donation an upfront cut of the proceeds. Nice. Nice. Well, you know, I think he's right. I don't think we've ever received a donation uh, of this amount of uh, double dimes on the quarter, <laughs> which has no other significance other than it's hookers and blow for us, John. Yay. Time to do our nightings. Travis Bowers, please kneel before the commission. As uh, John, you might as well get your sword out for this one as well. It's uh, this is going to be a big one. As we now officially pronounce the Sir Travis Bowers Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Please enjoy our hookers and blow in our gambling betting salon. And our second night for the day, I want to draw the smaller sword for that because I, he seems to be a little smaller than Travis, has uh, consistently been donating to achieve his knighthood. And I like his name. It fits perfectly. Please kneel before us, Sterling Ellsworth, as we now knight thee, Sir Sterling Ellsworth. Join us here. At the Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. For a thousand dollars support or more, you two can become a knight. Donate today. 
I don't know. Okay. What do you mean you don't? Hey, hey, hey. Blow me. Hey. hey my arm. <laughs> you don't know. What do you mean you don't know? No, we appreciate everybody who, who contributes. And we need more of the $5 a month uh, subscribers, by the way. So they, they really sustain the bottom line. And uh, so take a look at noagendashow.com or Dvorak.org slash NA or Channel Dvorak slash dot com slash na and uh, see if you can uh, contribute uh, to the cause and we you know get some producers next week so we have more than just the two uh so i want to uh, and and by the way we we do need we do need and, and appreciate this help. We are a publicly supported show. We do not do advertising. We're not going to get sold down the river by anything. Uh, as long as we're providing some service to you and entertainment, I hope uh, to the tune of four hours a week, uh, sixteen hours a month minimum. Uh, we hope that you, as long as we're supported by you, we keep doing the show. And yeah, that's and we can get to our third show, and we can continue to fill up the stream. We appreciate. Uh, sustaining producers of the No Agenda stream. Did you mention that uh, at Dvorak.org slash NAS? NAS, we need some uh, help there too. And that is the, the ever-developing. That's going to be great. That's the future of uh, broadcasting, by the way. Well, if you, if you want some actual information that is, an actual entertainment that isn't bull, yeah, that's the way well, to I mean, do it. Well, you're going to get bull this way too, but I'm, what I'm saying is that someday people are going to be driving around in their cars with a WiMAX card in the radio and they're going to be picking this stuff up like the No Agenda stream over the WiMAX in their car while driving. And while stoned. Could be. <laughs> stoned by the CIA. <laughs> Yay. So, um, uh, let me do my law of the land thing and then you can get into it. Cause it's just, okay, so, it's, it's, of it's kind of real newsy. So this is on celebrity apprentice, which I do not watch. I watched one episode, like the first one. And it was, uh, Brett Michaels from poison, a Cindy Lauper who, who I, I adore. She is a, a fantastic girl, at least up until today. Uh, and she's amazing cause she's really twisted. And she comes out with this on Celebrity Apprentice. This afternoon, I signed into law the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. hate crimes prevention. I'm here in Washington to take time out and listen to what the president has to say about this hate crime prevention act. We'll finally add federal protections against crimes based on gender, disability, gender identity, or sexual orientation. I get all choked up when I'm saying it because I've been working years to get this together. And as of today, it will be the law of the land. It's the law of the land. It's the law of the land. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, I know what you're saying, and I'm kind of on the same boat with you. I, I find it something. They're uh, trying to make laws sound like they're constitutional and institutional, yeah. and it's just it's it's irksome. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay. What, what you got, Johnny Boy? I mean, I got some good stuff, but I, I, I'm laying well, low for you. Some of this. Let's go to let's go to talking about one of the hot topics of the of the month of the year of the decade: bullying. Oh, you know, this is uh, in in Gitmo Nation East. Bullying. This whole thing started about five years ago, and a whole bunch of laws have been uh, created based upon this uh, this bullying. And by the way, back in the day when we were kids, John. You know, you go out in the schoolyard and you kick the crap out of the bully, and uh, the, the you know yeah. the, the scrawny guy always wins. 
So anyway, bullying seems to be some issue. Meanwhile, they had Bill Cosby and this and this dingbat woman named Dr. Irving on the Larry King show, and there was they were not answering. You know, the King must have been beside himself because this was one of the worst segments he's ever done. But Cosby seems to be senile. Now, nobody wants to say this. <laughs> really? But, uh, well, John. He's just, you know, he, here is like have a, he went on about computers and he he can't he can barely construct a sentence that actually makes sense. I'm sure he's still good on stage. We used to go see him and at Tahoe. We, I think we seen him do stand up about three times. And I saw him when I was a kid when he was starting off and he was at the Berkeley Community Theater when during the days of Jonathan Winters and people like that and uh, and uh, the hundred year the thousand year old man. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, Bob Newhart saw him on stage. Anyway, so uh, Cosby was always great on stage. But this is ridiculous. Listen to this Cosby ranting about computers and bullies. The bullying, and you stay on it. I just call it a form of hate and hatred. If you don't realize you're bullying, then somebody tells you, and you stop it. What makes a kid, Bill, do you think susceptible to bullying? D depression. I think a kid maybe have low self-esteem. They need more jello. Uh, want to belong or have some uh, someone or people at home not giving the strength and or or or, or is, looking what is this based on? This is just based on blather. He's got no documentation. <laughs> He's just rambling, but it, but it gets better. Child and saying, you know, how do you feel today? I I think also that these kids have too much time in a room alone <laughs> at home with a computer, and this becomes very important to them. That becomes another life, one that they disappear. Out of the home and away from the parent or the or the love care giver. Hey, Bill, my kid disappeared. Can What's you find a love care <laughs> love giver? Care I thought it was giver. a caregiver. Now it's a love care. John, giver. I'm a love care giver, and yeah. I love care give to you, my friend. But they also this is the computer. This is a new life. That kids get into and want to join and want to be a part of. What happened to playing with sticks? <laughs> and when they see these things, see, they're able to tune in and see a group of people beating somebody up. Because the kids who, who join in also uh, to get together. To pick on someone, there's a there's a group I, I saw a, on a news thing, Washington D.C. about four years ago, that four or five girls going up and down the subway, following a girl and beat her up because they knew that she was still a virgin. You know, before you go any further, I was <sighs> bullied as a kid. I was bullied severely. I was beaten up, bullied. I was scrawny, awkward, had Tourette's syndrome, a stupid name, until I got on the radio. And then all of a sudden I became cool overnight. Where are you now, bitches? Anyway, it's not about you. No, I just so, want to make it about me. So here's what I, but there's a subtle message I think there, there, there's going on. You know, one of the things that we, and I'm going to do a huge rant and a, and, a, and a little research on this in one of the future shows. But let me just see, Cosby touched on it. Now I want you to listen to Dr. Irving on who gets bullied, followed by the causes of bullying, and see if you find a common thread here. Okay. Here's Dr. Irving on who gets bullied. Dr. Uh, Irving, what kind of kids get bullied? Uh, children who have low self-esteem. Okay, and now the causes of bullying. 
Dr. Irving, are, are, why do people bully? Do we know the psychology of bullying? I think people bully because of low self-esteem <laughs> and okay, problems that's... that's <laughs> Wait a minute. You, you, you get bullied because you have low self-esteem and you bully because you have low self-esteem. How does that work? That's what I'm wondering. Cosby mentioned low self-esteem, too. Now, we know one of the things that's been going on in this country is the self-esteem movement, mm. where you don't, where, you know, there's no grades, everybody hug and tell each other a secret. Uh, there's no grades, there's no scoring, there's no competitive sports, there's nothing that you can, you don't get a D, you don't, you know, there's just trying yeah, to get away from all. You can't fail, yeah, everyone you can't wins. Fail. Everybody's a winner, and all that sort of thing. That's and what, so now that's they've the- got that as part, you know, this is like, you know, now we get the bullying thing with the self-esteem. The self-esteem movement, which I'll discuss in in some detail in the future began some years back by I believe it was a psychologist and they started promoting this in the schools and essentially it's it's helped dumb down because there's no you know everybody's a winner you don't have to really know anything <laughs> it's dumbed down kids it also I believe is partially responsible for what's happened in the homeschooling movement where there's a, a subsegment of these people called the unschoolers and unschoolers believe that you don't have to you shouldn't teach the kids anything uh, and at all, they don't need to learn how to read. They'll do it when they feel like it. And uh, this whole thing is part of the dumbing down process of this country that we've been going through. And now we we see how they're slipping in the self-esteem thing as, as being related to bullying. And if you're a bully, you have low self-esteem. If you're a being, if you're being bullied, you got low self-esteem. How does that work? And I think it came out pretty clear that this is just pure blather, and these people uh, should be ashamed of themselves. And I would say Cosby too. I, I didn't. I mean, the guy couldn't even do. It's a, funny, you know, Cosby. A friend of mine used to book him for corporate events, and uh, three times a week, three times a week, he would walk from his New York ap- apartment to his first gig. He'd sit on a chair, you know, a chair turned around backwards, smoke a cigar, talk for 45 minutes, take $100,000, and walk to the next one. Unbelievable. Yeah, that sounds, sounds about right. Yeah, oh, yeah, $100,000. In the back in those days, absolutely. Ugh, the guy was just raking it in. You know, someone else who should be ashamed of himself is Stink, as I always call him. Sting. <laughs> Stink. Stink. So, uh, you know, Mr. Uh, Save the Rainforest, and I'm so politically correct, and Trudy and I have tantric sex for days on end. He, uh... <laughs> tantric sex. <laughs> How 60s. He uh, got a $2 million fee, what people are calling blood money, for playing at a secret concert for one of the world's most brutal dictators, Karimov of Uzbekistan. Oh, that Uzbekistan guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he went there for the two million, so he Dude, sold out. It's Totally. Well, the guy, these elites are always sellouts. And he's always like, ooh. And when you know, Stink comes on stage with that messed up guitar, you know, has like 29 strings and right. from, <laughs> from some broken. dude with a plate in his lip. And like, oh, he's so amazing. Stink is wonderful. Oh, 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 oh. He's yeah, a Bono's bastard. Bono's got that same. He's got the same. He's, he's him a, and Bono are the same. Bonehead. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, Bono's getting his. Or Bono, we should say. He's getting his with Palm. 
<laughs> well, not necessarily. If he gets bought out, he might he might get he, out. Yeah, of that. well, you're right. He, yeah, they do have all the the warrants and everything. So there's a you know everybody's wondering whether or not you know they're t- talking about the new Supreme Court justice. Ah, whether it could be Hillary Clinton. Yes, I have this on it my could list. Could be Hillary Clinton. <laughs> so wait a minute. If that happens, I have to suicide myself. If that actually takes place, that the wife of it becomes a Supreme Court justice. It can't. This can't be happening in my lifetime. Yeah, and apparently it's not going to be happening. But the way that they tell you, the way that the, the powers that be will let you know is kind of yeah, by beating around the bush a little bit. But when you when I heard this interview with uh, Chris Matthews talking to Chuck Schumer about Hillary becoming the sec- the uh, next Supreme Court justice, you just have to have to listen to Schumer go about saying no way in hell without ever saying it. Wellesley, brilliant by many standards. Would she make a great lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court? Well, let me tell you, I think she's doing a great job as Secretary of State, Chris, and I talk to her quite often. She's very happy as Secretary of State, uh, so I imagine that uh, that's not going to come to pass. I believe the president has said that himself. But if you were her, wouldn't you want to be a, have a lifetime appointment? She has said publicly that she'd only like to serve at State for a couple more years. It's a brutal uh, uh, posting, but she could be in a court for 30 years if you look at the life of... Uh, well. of uh, Stevens. You're right that Hillary is brilliant, but knowing her as I do, she's when she takes a job, she gets it done. She's in the middle of many, many different, very important issues, doing an incredibly good job on many different issues. And uh, my guess is, knowing her, that she wants to, you know, finish out the job at state. (laughs) So I guess she's out. Yeah. I, um, Matthews, who seems to be in love with Hillary, uh, I mean, he went on with this interview and asking, well, you know, after this, after there's a next Supreme Court, she'll be out of state. Maybe they, she can get the job then, you know, in like in two or three years. And Schumer was just like, you know, just about told him to change the subject. <laughs> it's like, no, no. Well, it better not happen. That would be so wrong. No, it would be bad. Um, so the one thing I was following because, uh, well, first of all, the international media, uh, very interestingly, got kicked out of the nuclear summit. You know, they had like uh, the first they were allowed to tape the first two minutes of the opening. And then they uh, and these are, and the media is pretty pissed about this. And then they all got kicked out. Uh, yeah. Uh, hilarious. You know, yeah. It's like, OK, so we're not allowed to report on this nuclear summit. And I've done a little bit of research. And if you uh, you may remember something uh, called the Baruch Plan, John? No, I don't remember the Baruch Plan. The Baruch Plan was uh, instigated. Well, you can. It's on Wikipedia. You can uh, look it up. It was instigated, I think, in 1946. There's a Bernard Baruch thing, right? Yes, and it was essentially um, what started off the Cold War. Really, when you think about it. Um, and the whole idea is, and here's the theory that is, uh, that is attached to it. The theory is take all nuclear power away from nationalist governments so that then the elites, and I'll just name them, the Rothschilds, will control it all. And, of course, they have their you know, space-based delivery system to, uh, to have complete control. And they've tried this 
obviously before, and it didn't work. With but the Rothschild is, rockets? Yeah, <laughs> the Rothschild rockets, exactly. No, but but this is really interesting because Rockefeller was involved with this Baruch plan, and it, and and when you hear the, and all the right wing talk guys were playing the sound clip of Obama saying, "Whether you like it or not, we're the nuclear superpower," which of course is a weird thing to say. Uh, but this is a plan that has been in development for decades, and um, it seems like you know they're trying it again, and it might actually happen this time. Although China and Russia don't seem to re- really be on board, uh, uh, but for we good should, reason. But look into the yeah, but look into the Baruch plan. All right, I will. It's, Here's the story I think is a little more interesting than that. Uh, yeah, then, this then, was, then global this, thermonuclear think, war controlled by yeah. bankers. Yeah, okay. Well, if that happens, we're, you know, we were out of a job. <laughs> yeah, and out of life. <laughs> but uh, this one, uh, this only I, it's hard to find this, but it ran in Avweek. Oh, in yes. Avweek blogs. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that was an amazing, uh, amazing article. Let me find it. Franco Frattini, the Italian foreign affairs minister, believes that one of the ways of strengthening a common European identity is by building a defense Europe. That is to say, a European army. army. Yeah. And in it, which, of course, we on this show, and of course, even before we started doing this show, we, we said Adam and I were both very skeptical about the EU and how it's going to end up having a civil war in an arm or something's going to happen. It's going to cause another damn war because that's what these Europeans do. And no matter what they think they're, they're up to. Uh, anyway, it goes on and on. And as you can see this coming down Broadway. I would say within the next two or three years, uh, that during the era of our show, there will be initiatives that will start cropping up, starting with. You know, obviously, this is in the wind when this guy starts bringing it up. The mainstream media has got not, they've done nothing to, 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 you know, what we should be doing in the mainstream media saying, hey, wait a minute, you guys shouldn't be doing this. Yep. But that's not what they're going to do. All right. So I, I wasn't quite done with Obama because something really weird happened. Um, he, over the weekend, and this is just being reported now. Over the weekend, uh, all of a sudden, the press got uh, at 9.20. No, at, uh, let me see. The press pool is supposed to assemble. Uh, uh, there was a report. It's like, oh, the, the president is going to Oh, yeah, this is where he disappeared. Game. Yeah. You don't like that story? Well, I mean, I heard the Rush Limbaugh deconstruction of it, which was probably the most interesting. What did he say? Well, he said there was a number of things that happened. One, that he disappears to go to a soccer game. They did research. The soccer field was uh, in the wrong part of town. He couldn't have gotten there. His kids don't play there. There was no game there. And it wasn't, a, you know, and, it, and he comes back uh, before, you know, anyone knows where he went. He, and he was literally uh, absent without uh, AWOL for, uh, I don't know, was it an hour or two? Yeah, 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 yeah. An hour and a half, yeah. Right, and he never explained it or anything like that. Now I don't know that the guy maybe he had to take a shit. I mean, who knows? <laughs> I think he had it to seems take to some me more they don't dope. follow him everywhere, do they? <laughs> yeah, of course. They, well, the fact is, they called the media, said, "Oh, we got to go," and then the media all rushed, you know, to go away. And then before they could even, oh, he's already left. He's gone back. So it was kind of like sending the media all over town. I well, guess. that's kind of funny. <laughs> As a joke, yeah, maybe. As a joke. <laughs> Was, I think uh, they should keep doing that. Yeah. There was a, uh, no one cares about this anymore, obviously. But the Kursk, of course, was uh, the uh, Russian atomic submarine that uh, sank. And there was all kinds of, oh, you know, what, what did they say? It was like they 
what was the cause of that of the curse like like a torpedo tube exploded or something weird like that and it was it was a uh it was an accident was the whole point so they've got pictures of the curse being raised and there is such an obvious hole <laughs> They sawed this thing in half to raise it, but they sawed it off right, right in front of the hole, which is it, it's indented. It's like a, it's so obvious that something penetrated the hole, like a torpedo. Oh, really? Yeah, it's amazing. You got to see this picture. Hold on, I'll, I'll, let me Skype it to you. It's like what? <laughs> now, of course, again, no one's going to care. No, of course, that's old news. We'd rather we still want to know whether Pamela Anderson and that Gosling <laughs> are going to win. Feud. Are they going to win? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but look at the hole. Just look at the hole. It's it's amazing. Look at the hole, John. It's really good. Another this thing. Another thing. Um, What's forum? This is interesting. Nine one one missing links dot com. Yeah, it's an interesting little site. Hmm. Um, massive fire. Where's the picture? Scroll down. Oh, it's down at the bottom. Oops. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> See that hole? No, come on. It's not scrolling. Oh, wow. It's in the show notes. You can go look at, at it later. So my uh, phone here was Firefox. Last night, um, a massive fireball lit up the sky in the Midwest. Visible for 15 minutes starting around 10 p.m. Seen over the northern sky moving from west to east. 15 minutes and then sonic booms and then it sped away. Well, they showed a movie of this thing and it wasn't 15 minutes. It was well, like 15 seconds. They're only, well, of course, uh, they're only showing like some one frame per second video from security cams. I'm sure that there are plenty of people who have actual video of this and will start showing up in the next couple of days. Uh, but this fire, this fire, I mean, it, it, it's not to be ignored. You saw the video, right? It's like, whoa. Yeah, it was like it's something. It was it was a meteor. Uh-huh. Sure. Okay. You know, there are meteors, you know, and they do come into the atmosphere so often. You, you were, you're aware of this. Yeah, but not for 15 minutes. I think the 15 minutes is bogus. I think you're, you're taking the, you're assuming that that, that is an accurate uh Well, let's wait, uh, let's wait, let's wait for more amateur video that comes in. All right. When the amateur video comes in, if it was 15 minutes, that's a good point. Because if it was 15 minutes, like the, it's like the crazy stuff that was happening at these tea party things. You know, there's plenty of people with video cameras. There's plenty of people with video f uh, capability on their phone. And if it was 15 minutes, they would have taken, like if it was going on and I was here 15 minutes, it was going on. I would look and say, oh, my God, I would get my camera. I'd go down and get my camera. I'd, I'd probably lose about two minutes at the most. And I'd be filming it from the 13-minute from the two-minute mark to through 13 minutes. There should be one of those videos. Well, let's wait for it. I'm just bringing it to everyone's attention. I'm just, well, if, you, yeah. if it comes up, you'll be the first, I'm sure, to find it. You want to listen to this uh, jabroni, the uh, Michael Spector, the denialist? The denialism Oh, you expert? know, let's put that off for next till now. That guy just irks me to such well, the, an extreme. Well, the fact that it, what irked me... And this is the guy who wrote the book Denialism. How yeah, rational by the way, if you, don't, if you don't think global warming is happening, then you, you also don't believe in evolution. Yeah. Where's this, where does this, this is the latest meme they've got. Oh, come if on, you let's play, let's with play this. Oh, I want to rile you up. Let's play this guy. It's fun when you get really angry about him. And the thing is, this is at a TED conference. 
And then Ted I, should be ashamed of itself for allowing this guy to speak. All these people are sitting there going like, yeah, oh, he's so funny. Oh, yeah, he's great. And he's like vaccines and he's harping on uh, uh, Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> Here, listen, this is the everyone's so important Ted conference. Ted, Ted, where the elites gather. Ideas worth spreading. Ted. Let's pretend right here we have a machine, a big machine, a cool Tedish machine, and it's a time machine. And everyone in this room has to get into it. And you can go backwards, you can go forwards, you cannot stay where you are. And I wonder what you'd choose, because I've been asking my friends this question a lot lately, and they all want to go back. I don't know, they want to go back before there were automobiles or Twitter or American Idol. I don't know. What kind of friends I'm, do you have, douche? I'm convinced that there's some sort of pull to nostalgia, to wishful thinking, and I understand that. I'm not part of that crowd, I have to say. I don't want to go back, and it's not because I'm adventurous. It's because possibilities on this planet, they don't go back, they go forward. So I want to get in the machine, and I want to go forward. This is the greatest time there's ever been on this planet. By any measure that you wish to choose, health, wealth, mobility... Hey, John, I think you might actually have a time machine. What do you think? Yeah, you know, the thing is, here's a, you know, an overlooked aspect of this stupid analogy is that most people who had a brain would want to go back. I'd want to go back 10 years, for example, and I could parlay the Super Bowl bets with the World Series bets. I mean, I could come out a billionaire. Because this is a bigger deal than that. A kid born in New Delhi today can expect to live as long as the richest man in the world did 100 years ago. I mean, think about that. It's an incredible fact. No, you're right. I can't listen to this guy. You're right. It's an incredible fact. Is that what he said? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's. It's. This guy's usage of these types of these constructions that he uses is so annoying. It's an incredible fact that a kid, you know, whatever he's. I mean, it's just everything this guy <laughs> oh, does. Oh, let's listen to some more. I'm getting you. On this planet. I'm getting you now. I love it. The demography of the globe in a way that no war ever has. It's gone. It's vanished. We vanquished it. Poof. What? In the rich world, diseases that threatened millions of us just a generation ago no longer exist hardly. Diphtheria, Tell them to move Ebola, to Mumbai and get it over with. No longer exist hardly. You know what those things are? Vaccines, modern comes. medicine, our ability to feed billions of people. Those are triumphs of the scientific method. And to my mind, the scientific method, trying stuff out, Seeing if it works, changing it when it doesn't, is one of the great accomplishments of humanity. The science is in! I encourage everyone. I'm a huge fan of the scientific method. Yeah. But do I, we're not seeing the scientific method when people are phoning up statistics and <laughs> making things up as they go along, and this guy subscribes to it, or when some corporate uh, dominating corporate company comes in and, and, and forces people to take the swine flu vaccine when there's no real uh, epidemic because they've changed a couple of laws. What's this got to? This is corruption. This is not scientific method. This guy's a stooge for one of these big companies. I'd like to know which one. Let's I hate this guy. Let's talk about, oh, don't sugarcoat it. Let's talk about some of the new drugs that are coming, some of the vaccines. Uh, two anti-obesity vaccines approved for long-term treatment. Wait a minute, it's an anti-obesity vaccine. vaccine. So what What virus or what bacteria is it attacking it's and preventing? It's the fat virus. Don't vaccines pre prevent you from getting something? It's the fat virus, John. You certainly have heard of it. Then we have a new vaccine that may help cure skin cancer, another fine viral Wait, disease. You, you use the word cure. 
Yes, cure. The word cure is associated with medicines, not with vaccines. Vaccines are preventative. The new vaccine called Oncovex attacks tumor cells, leaving healthy cells undamaged and carries agents. That is a treatment. That's not a vaccine. <laughs> and my favorite, my favorite, in the, from Gitmo Nation. Well, look, wait a minute. <laughs> along with everything else we're dealing with, they've changed def- definitions again on us. Yeah. This is, you know, nudity is pornography. The same problem with changing definitions to confuse the, the idiotic public. This is all that's going on here. It's called doublespeak. Yeah, it's totally doublespeak. This is right out of 1984. World. Let's just change the word. A world premiere from Gitmo Nation Lowlands from Rotterdam, the Erasmus Hospital. They have a vaccine against asbestos cancer, another virus. <laughs> oh, and then a disturbing report. And this is and this is where you really want to watch it from the Winnipeg Free Press. And it's uh, the story is a little long winded, so I'm not going to get into it. But there was um, the Canadian uh, HIV vaccine initiative had shortlisted four consortiums. I think it's consortia, but they say the right consortiums uh, to host a vaccine plant for HIV, or as we say politically correctly, HIV AIDS, and. Uh, so there's uh, a lot of really good people who know how to build vaccine facilities, and they're all in this big tender. And then a report comes out saying none of these guys are good enough. Who wrote the report? The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, yeah. who apparently are in charge of all vaccines now. This these guys is not are becoming good. a problem. This is not good, and I say we should be very careful. They're also meddling in the educational system, which we'll eventually talk about when I put together a number. The clips keep growing and the information gets worse, and it's just taking me forever to report on this. But uh, there is one thing I do want to get off. off. Are you still on that topic, or can I move No, please move. I got one more, but please move along. I want to get the show wrapped up, but I do want to bring this one up. And this one, I know that you're going to cringe a little bit because this is on the Rachel Maddow show, but Ah. she's the only one that gets some of these women on her show. And she got Elizabeth Warren, the woman who heads up the the committee that talks to Congress about TARP and why they're screwing up. And there's a misconception, apparently, that Warren points out because Maddow has it. And if you listen to the Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged show that runs, uh, probably not right It'll be on the Stream today. Yeah. It'll be on the stream today and it'll be running after the show next on Sunday. Uh, Andrew seems to have the wrong impression because everybody's got the wrong impression. This woman explains what TARP was really all about according to the law itself, and she goes after the fact that there's 10, it, it, the, the situation has worsened since TARP and it's out of control, and she's going to report, and she did report, I think it was yesterday, to Congress saying that this is, you're not doing the job right, but all I have to do is listen to this and you'll, you'll learn more from well, this. Well, little but, well, hold on, I need a little more setup. Who exactly is Elizabeth Warren? She's a professor that has been given, uh, a, I think she's at Princeton, and she is the head of a of uh, the oversight committee that was created by Congress as part of TARP to, to make sure that they were doing it right. And then, and so she's she, the head, and she's going to say they're not doing it right. I hope. Right. Because TARP was created to bail out. Banks, which weren't really banks. Right. See, this is a mistake. You just made the same mistake. No, no, let me finish. Let me finish. You interrupt me. It was created to bail out banks, which weren't really banks. They were investment companies. 
which then oh hold on my microphone is dying ah, ah. so Adam uh, uses a, a microphone that is a some no one's ever heard of this mic it's called the elect the electro l e c t r o and he sounds good on it you can imagine how good he'd sound on a on a real mic uh, it's called he, a electro not electro electro I said electro l e c t r o and uh, so it, it uses batteries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, so these banks were not yeah. banks. Well, you they, could they, stop they became banks. No, well, well, no, okay. Joining us now for the interview is Elizabeth Warren, Harvard Law Professor, Chair of the Congressional Oversight Panel for the TARP Bailout Funds. Uh, professor Warren, thanks very much for coming back on the show. It's good to be here. Did I get that roughly right? TARP was supposed to be trying to stop foreclosures at the same time that it bailed out the banks. Bailing out the banks basically worked, but the foreclosures part of it really didn't. Actually, if you read the statute, what the statute talks about is not bailing out Wall Street banks. What the statute talks about is here's $700 billion to help repair the economy. Remember, it was supposed to be about troubled assets, mortgages that were in trouble. And it says, Congress says, the way we are going to measure the effectiveness of this program is what it does for unemployment, what it does for American savings, and really focus on what it does on home mortgage foreclosures. Right. I, I'm sorry. I rescind. It was, it was actually initially called the, uh, the stimulus wasn't it? No, no, no. This is the TARP to troubled assets. And what it meant, troubled assets, and what people are confusing is troubled assets, meaning property, as, oppo oh, assets, as opposed to, as uh, opposed to credit company. default swaps and it's company. Not, no, yeah, and that's not a, right. That's not a, well, that is an asset of sorts. But a bank that they were given, that they get got all this money, a bank's not an asset. It's a company. It's a corporation. It was supposed to be for assets, like all, and just what she said, it was to increase savings, it was to lower unemployment, and it was to take care of the... Nobody gets that right. You didn't have it right. I didn't know it. Maddow didn't know it. Horowitz doesn't know it. Nobody knows it, and nobody reports this. She talks about it in detail, and she's, all she's saying now is that the, the whole thing's a fiasco. So the point is, is that everybody's got it wrong. This woman tries to explain it. The media's never going to explain it to the public. It's got nothing to do with banks. The banks just stole the money, basically. The TARP is about savings, it's about unemployment, and it's about mortgages. It's not about saving the banks. It's not about whether the banks were were investment banks or whether the banks were real banks. It's got nothing to do with banks. The only reason the banks got any money in the first place was so they could pass it down to take care of this mortgage problem, and they didn't do it. And then everybody says, oh, they bailed out the banks. They never bailed out the banks. The banks bailed out themselves by, by stealing the money. John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. I still got a minute left. Will you get more pissed off? No, I'm done. How it works to stop this crisis. That's what Congress said it wanted for its $700 billion. So that's been your job as chair of the Congressional Oversight Panels to, know, is to, to monitor, essentially, what it's doing for unemployment and American savings and foreclosures. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the result is, is not um, positive. Well, we are now 15 months after Treasury has uh, uh, announced its program and tried to get it up and running. And basically, 167,000 families have gotten into some kind of modification that we hope will turn out to be permanent, although there are going to be some problems with that down the line. But just to put that in some context, every single month, 200,000 families are posted for foreclosure. 
That's that's where we stand right now. 167,000 over 15 months have received assistance under this program, and every month, 200,000 families are posted for foreclosure. I really like this woman. And how She's come? Sharp. And how come? She's she, actually a Supreme Court nominee. She's the one who should get. They want to put a woman on. Well, yeah, because who do we have as uh, who's that? academic who is uh, in charge of Obama's economic council? I don't know. I don't the, remember. The Betsy, the, 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 the heavy woman? Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. You know, who, who knows nothing. Yeah, no, she knows nothing. This woman's on the ball. And so she put the report out, and some people picked it up, you know, as the thing's not working. But still, most people are misinformed. They think it was about banks, and uh, it's not. And the whole thing is a, a complete fiasco, and it's not doing anybody any good except the banks and the guys and their bonuses. She goes on about that, too. She says, you know, supposed to be, the money's supposed to be used for this, but they go into bonuses. And, and nobody who's complaining about it. I don't know. She's, she's in trouble, man. She, she better watch well, it. back. She can be in trouble all she wants. She's already got the reports filed. It's out there. People can dig it up and read it. Wow. But she did get sl- slide in under the radar. Wow. We, I'm definitely going to follow her. This is going on for the next couple months, right? They're doing all these congressional hearings. It's on. It's on C-SPAN every single day. Yeah, they were doing. They were talking to the bankers and the bankers uh, over the last this week, and all the bankers are saying, "You guys can screw yourselves. We we got the money. We're we're, we're sitting on it for good reason because we don't like what we see, and I don't care if everybody goes out of business. We're not." And the Congress guy's going, well, well, but, 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 and that's the end of it. Shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. Take all you. Just send us cash. Unbelievable. All right. To wrap it up, um, pretty funny report um, about Haiti. The uh, president has um, ordered all of the 12,000 troops. I thought it was 20, but now they're reporting 12. All of the 12,000 troops to no longer fly the American flag uh, at their bases in Haiti because it could send the wrong message. (laughs) (laughs) That, that, you know, we don't want to look like we're occupying Haiti. Yeah, no shit you don't want to look like it because it's exactly what's happening. Of course we're occupying Haiti. And they're they're cranking it up again, John. I'm seeing more, you know, there's something is about to happen. Probably a lot of people are about to die because now they've got all the, you know, oh, Haiti, we need to help them. And they've got, uh, what's his name, Wyclef Jean back in the picture. And now take down the stars and stripes. And, of course, service personnel like, what? This is not okay. And the analogy that's drawn by ah, by this art, well, USA Today, uh, but Joe Davis, uh, spokesman for the Veterans of Foreign Wars, says he's not bothered by the flag's absence. During the Gulf War in 91, U.S. forces took control of the main airport in Kuwait and briefly flew the American flag over their installation, but higher-ups ordered it taken down to avoid an impression that U.S. forces were conquerors. What, a, what an interesting analogy. It has nothing to do with, with earthquake relief. That's war. It's just unbelievable how the gall of these people... Yeah, well, you know, again, they, you get away with stuff and you get away with stuff. If we want to end the show... With wait, the wait, down- I'm not done. Can I just finish? Oh, you're my- going to make me even more depressed. Yeah. Yeah, I am going to make you even more depressed. So 
I'm looking at some uh, I'm looking at some financial news, and I see there's a company uh, that has a huge presence, ever growing, according to their annual report in Haiti. The company is DynCor, and DynCor was just purchased by Cerberus. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know how do you yeah. spell it. C e r b e r u s, which actually Cerberus is the three-headed dog that uh, uh, that guards the gates of hell. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, these guys are funny. This is the company that Dan Quayle, ex-vice president Dan Quayle, oh, the is blood the guy. Yeah, the plasma guy. They bought DynCorp for one point five billion dollars, and these guys. And so you look into DynCorp. It's unbelievable. These guys, this is, you thought Blackwater was bad. Dynecore, these are the real evil guys. Unbelievable what they're into. And they're in Haiti. Hey, good job, what they guys. Do? What are they into? Well, building hotels. Oh, well, how's that evil? That's a good thing. <laughs> it's unbelievable. They have 30,000 workers. And uh, there's all kinds, and you, you you get into it. And it just it, it's like a rabbit hole. You just keep on going down about this Dynecor. They just won. Uh, a what has the blood guys got to do with hotel building? Well, Dynecor Dynecor is a an investment firm. So they're oh, okay. Yeah, they're just an investment firm of which Dan Quayle is the uh, uh, the chairman. Oh, well, you, I thought you said Cerebus bought Dynecor. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Cerebus is the. Cerebus is the investment company. Dynecor is a government contractor. Yeah, but I thought Cerebus. Okay, would Cerebus no, have something to do with blood? Were yeah. they the plasma guys? Yeah, no, they bought they bought the plasma company for eighty million and sold it for for one point eight oh, billion. Oh, they got out of the plasma. Yeah, business. they got out of the plasma business. So, but that's that's not bad for your shareholders. No, uh, but this this sale comes on the heels of something very interesting, where there was a lawsuit. Um, where there was like a no bid, uh, a sealed bid contract for work in Afghanistan, and they were cut out, and then they sued the government and won, and now they've got the contract. Yeah, it's, and it's for something called I don't know. It's, it, you know what? It, it, you're right. It's just depressing. But go look at DynCorp, D Y N C O R P. These guys are the bloodsuckers, and then to be owned by a company called Cerberus, which is the three-headed dog that guards the gates of hell. I mean, could they make it any more obvious? Well, why Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so that's your financial news. That's where your money's. That's where your actual tax money is going. When you sign that check today, when you file today, know that Dan Quayle and the three-headed dog that guards the gates of hell is taking your money and, and, and putting it into Haiti to build hotels. Yeah, well, so the Clintons can have a nice penthouse. Yeah, because that's where they met. Isn't that where they met? Didn't they have yeah, honeymoon no, that's where they honeymooned. Their honeymoon? Oh. All Ooh, right. Honeymoon's in Haiti. <laughs> future owners, of course. Yes. Let's, go, let's go honeymoon in I our future investment. I can, I can just see it. They got their brochure. Here's Bill and Hillary. Like, oh, honey, we can own Haiti in a couple of years. Look, they have timeshares available. <laughs> They just have to wait until the earthquake machine is flipped on. Let's go honeymoon there. And we can take a look around and we can stake our claim. Well, if you want to finish the show on a lighter note. Yeah, I'd like to. I have a law and order clip, which is not that light, but it's, it's, a, but it's about it. But it has a message at the end Dick Wolf had to throw in. Oh, wait, another law and order? 
Yeah, this is Law and Order SVU with a with a message at the end. Can we can we then just say that there's this big article about NBC now admitting to behavioral uh, behavioral programming? Did you read about this? No, but we talked about it. We already knew it. Yeah, but but now they're actually saying that all of their shows have behavioral behavioral programming. So uh, stuff like recycle. Uh, volunteerism, yeah. all the messages. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the Obama administration put a list out that they had to do these, or they should do them. They should volunteer to do these. Recycle, uh, exercise, eat right, and global warming. Global warming is real; it exists. Take your flu shot. By the way, that was on Saturday Night Live. They had a nice little flu shot vaccine poster in the background there in the classroom. All really good little mind control tricks that we're not falling for. And now we have something from Special Victims Unit. What is it? Uh, it's a, during a rape. Somebody they're trying to catch catch this rapist. And at the very end, uh, the district attorney uh, closes her, the little scene with a message to the uh, police. Essentially, it's an you know the Constitution is the reason all these bad things are happening. And if you don't like it, get out and leave. Here we go. Oh. One victim's dead, and the other won't cooperate. Let me force her hand. I'm calling Paxton to get that subpoena. You don't call the ADA without clearing it with me. Look, either Beverly Neal clears Foster or she'll put him in a cage. And what makes you think that she'll be able to make a positive ID after more than a decade? We won't know until we twist her on. Yeah, but why trust her and not Rena West? They were both attacked with a knife. Black on black crime. If Neal picks Foster, he can't claim cross-race ID. Race shouldn't make a difference. Research study says it does. Well, it doesn't matter now. Foster's in the tombs. There's been another rape. Where? Vacant lot, Midtown. Victim is a minor. Everybody goes. Checking up on us? Get used to it. Standing order at Central Dispatch says I get called when you do. She's just a baby. Lynn Rivers, 16. Parents are out of town. Preliminary COD is exsanguination. She's got several slashes to her throat and chest. Carotid severed. Well, she wasn't killed here. There's not enough blood. No fluids either. The victim's cell phone show 14 missed calls from Angelina Lupino. Any forensics? More green fibers. Any forensics? Practically covered with them. He was raped in the van, then dumped here. Foster wasn't sitting in a cell. I'd put him right back in the box. Foster isn't in the tombs anymore. He made bail. Is right. He violated an RO and Rena West ID'd him. Yeah, well, like I told you, that isn't enough evidence. Certainly not enough to argue a man without bail. How much? Judge said it at 50000 So he throws five grand at a bondsman and he's free to murder. You know what? Blame the Constitution, okay? You want to be a prosecutor? Go to law school. Or better yet, just do your jobs, guys. <laughs> oh, Dick Wolf I like the little scene where I... Uh, T, uh, or is it Ice Cube? I don't remember which of the two. Uh, uh, But anyway, he says, uh, oh, black and black, oh, statistics show. I can imagine cops standing around arguing statistics. Statistics. Oh, stop. Let me get my uh, table out here. Study. All right, let's wrap this puppy up. Yeah, so just uh, on the heels of that, NBC, uh, so just proof that they put this shit in from this article about uh, NBC programming your brain on law and order investigated a cash for clunker scam. Yeah, they're just putting it in there. 
So these are the yeah. ones they tell you about, but uh, it's obviously but quite we, rampant. We, try, we catch quite a few. We don't watch this stuff that much, but it, you don't have to watch it for more than five minutes. You catch two or three of these things. We should make a vaccine for that. Yes. Propaganda, <laughs> fact, anti-propaganda vaccine. I think this show is vaccine for that. So least, take your shots. At least we <laughs> take so, your shots. Right now you get two a week. Maybe, maybe, maybe one day we'll get three. If we can keep going with uh, support like we received from uh, Travis Bowers, that would be good. doesn't have to come all in one, one go like uh, double two dimes times on, on a quarter. quarter is pretty good. Yeah. All right. So the stuff that, uh, that we didn't get to today includes the um, Gitmo Nation East elections, which we have to talk about. They're doing it American style now, which I believe will include v- rigging of the voting machines. Just yes, to make that, it that's auth- the American style. Make it authentic. What else did you not get to? Well, I'm still going to do an edu- the thing on education, charter schools, the Gates Foundation being uh, heavily involved in that, and some of the propaganda floating around that situation. Yeah. And charter schools are bogus, by the way, it turns out. Yeah. And we missed an amazing two-to-the-head story, which uh, I'll keep for uh, for Sunday. Ugh. We need it's a third ends. show. Yeah. Stuff. We, it we, we can only do so much. And, and we didn't even get to the most important news that, that uh, Mount Everest is shrinking. I mean, come on. Global warming is here. Shrinking. <laughs> it's shrinking. It's going to be the size of my cat. <laughs> Coming to you from the hilltop, Watchtower Crackpot Command Center and Gitmo Nation West, uh, the People's Republic of Southern California. Yay. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the sun is shining, which is nice, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again for early service on Sunday, right here on No Agenda. Sunday on No Agenda. Two Air Force Ones. Waterboarding. That doesn't make any sense logically at all. The other Obama looks like Obama. It was very secretive. This is all just aimed at... We need to get that mesh network up pretty soon. Whatever. But anyway, the point is is that uh, we're, they're setting us up to screw us.